Hello, amigo, you gardens, you guards one on Instagram, and this is fucking talking shit with Eagle, episode 671. Hopefully you guys have had a great Thursday. I've had a pretty good day myself, playing a little bit of catch up, but I'm here to have a great night with uh, Cushmaster. You want to tell us how you're doing and, of course, where they can find you, my friend? Uh, yeah, thanks, Eagle. Um, yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, I'm not really on social media, so I guess you can find me right here, right now. Um, but yeah, I'll probably get on some social media things soon. Um, yeah, no, days going good, man. Just uh, what time is it here? 1.40 in Australia, so p.m. And what day is it? Friday. So yeah, you're Thursday, aren't you? Yeah, so yeah, definitely a little bit of a time difference there for sure. And as far as <laughs> the social media thing goes, I hope you do uh get on there and uh making an account, you know, it's a good way to just you know show off some of your stuff or whatever, but a more main over, it'll be a good yeah. way for uh people to get a hold of you that see you on the show and would like to, you know say hello or you know see wherever the internet takes you i guess <laughs> yeah yeah i was always kind of like a lurker i watched all your shows and i watched you know every single one of the sub shows even from the early morning show you know those stupid rants he had at the start i've literally watched the whole playlist start to front maybe 12 times you know every single video of his I've watched every one of your videos, so it's just I've always been a lurker, man, because uh, it's illegal here in Australia, you know, but I recently just fucking got my med card, um, you know, like a couple months ago or weeks ago, uh, over a month, a few weeks anyway, so yeah, I just thought, fuck it, you know, I'll come out of the fucking shadows now, and yeah, so, you know, it's still illegal to grow and shit here, so... You know, Uncle Trip. There's always an Uncle Trip in that situation, but yeah, um, yeah, no. So slowly, man. Hopefully, you know. I don't know. Yeah, it's all a bit new to me, social media. But here I am. <laughs> so yeah, I guess you want to ask me about the first right time on. I ever. Well, smoked, I can't. Or the first time I ever cannabis entered yeah. my life. See, I told you I've seen every episode. All right. Well, cool. man. <laughs> you know, before before I get that answer, I want to tell you thanks for uh, watching the show. Uh, I appreciate it. Even though you call yourself a lurker or whatever, I greatly appreciate your time and watching the show and uh, all watching all sub stuff, man. Yeah, Again, man, I, he was an awesome guy that I, I, I appreciate you know, people still continuing to learn about him and his legacy because he was an awesome gentleman and uh, definitely the roots of what happens here. So I appreciate that. Yeah. But uh, yes, please do. Please tell us. When was that first time, my friend? All right. Well, I was kind of like an anti-weed smoker when all my friends smoke weed in high school, you know, so I never really smoked weed um in high school i don't really know 
why i think i think i just always thought you know it's going to make you stupid and make your brain fry and all that bullshit you know that we always got told um so yeah i just never really got into it man and like on weekends my friends would all you know be smoking weed around me and i'd just be saying oh man that shit's gonna kill you you know i was that guy um i guess it was because i was like right into martial arts like karate and stuff back then so that was kind of like my life. So I didn't really, you know, I thought it'd do bad for me. Um, so yeah, I never, I never tried it, man, until about a year after I finished high school. And uh, the first time I tried it, I just thought, I remember just thinking like, you motherfuckers lied to me, you know, this is great. <laughs> the first time I uh, tried it, it was just, I don't know, the best feeling I ever had, every sensation got, you know, turned up, you know, food was better, your conversations were better, you'd have more deeper thoughts about shit, you know what I'm talking about. Um, so yeah, it was, and and after that, man, I, I literally just smoked every fucking day. Well, as, as much as I could get weed, you know, I was pretty broke, like a year after high school, but literally, I just got as much money as I could. And I just start saving for ounces, you know, rather than little 20s and $50 bags. So yeah, it was hard to get a hold of it back then. That was probably like 97. And uh, yeah, man, I just been at it ever since back then. And uh, when I and after I finished high school, I was um, doing floor sanding, you being in the building game, you know what a floor sander is, they got the big sanding machines and they sand the timber floors you know and then they lacquer them and shit it's real hard yakka stuff as you can imagine on your back you know pulling that fucking machine so i did floor sanding for um fuck, i don't know it was almost 20 years man and it my back was shot you know from the machines and bending over and you know because you're literally working at floor level like under your feet level <clears throat> So I started getting back spasms and stuff from about, I don't know, it's probably about 20 years old. I really had problems with the back spasming. And uh, oh, I should say when I did start smoking weed, there was periods of my life when I was still young where I'd take like six months off, one year off. And that was mostly just because <laughs> it was either I didn't have money or I was trying to avoid the uh, Queensland and the Australian team karate drug testing because <laughs> they used to come around to the tournaments and they used to drug test everyone you know so yeah well they used to drug test you know the people that would be like a contender for the weight category bullshit so yeah i, I was literally i kept having to like hide from them you know at tournaments and stuff so i'd eventually have to take like four or five months out of the year off just to pass the drug test, you know, for the karate bullshit. Um, and I, I would realize that my back spasm in that time when I wouldn't have any cannabis in my life would just get really bad, you know, and the back spasms got that bad where I would just, I would just be fine all of a second. And then I, and the back spasms where they happened were like right at the lower back, you know, right down where your typical back pain is from bending over and, uh, oops, um so yeah when there was periods of my life when i couldn't um or yeah i couldn't have uh cannabis 
uh, I would find that my back would really start, you know, tensing up and I'd start getting cramps and stuff. And then one day I just got a, like a spasm on in my back. I could just feel it like, you know, tensing, releasing, tensing, releasing, just real quick. And when it happened, man, it just felt like, like someone stabbed me in the back with like a hot knife. I couldn't control my body. I just literally fell to my knees and then collapsed onto my stomach. And I was just on my stomach holding my back, you know, screaming, just going, ah, I couldn't fucking help it. I'm not a screamer, you know, I've never experienced that sort of pain. And, um, <clears throat> and I was down for fuck, man, 35, 40 minutes, something like that. And eventually the pain, and when I say down, I mean, on my stomach, I couldn't even get to one knee sort of a thing. And, um, and then I slowly self-realized that when I had cannabis, and I was regularly smoking it, I would never get back spasms. And, uh, you know, I was scared to train and do weights, especially back training, like deadlifts and things like that, you know, because of the back spasms. And then when, um, when I had just always access to cannabis, I could do, you know, super heavy deadlifts and I just never ever got any back spasms um and also another thing that happened to me from about the same age 20 years old is well I think we nearly had a power outage the lights flickered um another thing that I've uh, happened is uh I've had insomnia from about 20 years old and the same thing when I had never had cannabis in my life I could only sleep about one and a half hours to two and a half hours a night and that was always the way. And I just thought that was usual, you know. I thought it was because I was young and going out to nightclubs. And uh, I would work all day and then I'd come home to work and I'd go martial arts training and then I'd also teach martial arts I'd, and then I'd go to the gym. So I'd literally leave in the morning at about 5 in the morning and I wouldn't get home most nights till about 11.30, 12 o'clock. And I'd just be knackered, you know. I just want to go to sleep and hopefully try to sleep from, you know, midnight till five in the morning, but I'd just be, go to sleep at 12 and I'd wake up by 1.30, two o'clock in the morning. And then I'm just spending over three hours till it's time to get ready to go to work. So that, that's what was happening without cannabis. And then I, and the thing about me is here in Australia, we didn't know anything about medical cannabis. You know, we never even heard of such a phrase like, what is medicine? We just knew like, yeah, man, we just get fucked up here. We called it dope. You know, it's fucking dope, mate. Fucking good dope. Um, you know, we called it weed, bud, all that shit. But uh, back in the 90s, no one even heard of medical thing. You know, we might have heard an old grandma talk about her friend with glycoma or some shit, you know, oh, my friend's glycoma fixed up. Or, but it just wasn't a real fucking uh, thing here, you know, that cannabis actually was a medical, could help you medically. You were just looked at as a darrow, you know, like a dipshit if you smoked weed. You're just like, you know, you had no job, no hope in life. That's what people thought of you if you smoked weed, even though it's highly, highly common in the Australian um, culture. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I, I couldn't sleep. And then when I, uh, I didn't know what was sativa, what was indica back then. I just knew weed. And the only weed we would get here was just like brown shit, the equivalent stuff of what you have uh, in, you know, the old Mexican brickweed. We 
still had that here probably to about three years ago. Like, no joke, we still had brickweed here that was just brown and people talked up how awesome it was. It just looked like exactly what you're showing brickweed, just fully brown dog shit stuff, no resin, um, you know, it looks like no one even watered it. It's just like a three-year-old grew a plant, you know, and harvested it a week four with no watering. Um, so yeah, and but funny enough, man, is when you would have that stuff and when people would make oil and shit with it, it would fucking work, you know? And that's when I sort of realized like, holy fuck, like even though this weed is, uh, oh, and I should say, um, so I spent four years in California and that was from 2008 to 2012, but I'm just going back in time. Um, so, you know, after going to California, I realized what good fucking weed was. And, but before, before I went to California, you know, I was just used to the Australian dog shit stuff that they had here. We had heard of white widow and things in like maybe year 96, 98, but no one knew what the fuck white widow is. And even to this day, man, like I speak to people, they show me their buds and I go, what genetic is that? And they go, oh, it's hydro. And I go, no, no, what genetic is it? They go, yeah, no, it's hydro. And I'm like, no, no, you don't understand, man. Hydro is a growing technique, you know, the system. What, what's the genetic, uh, what's the mother genetic of the plant or what's the father genetic, you know, lineage? No, it's fucking hydro. They just don't, you can't even explain it to them, you know. Um, so, yeah, that, that's not really a thing here. Um, and what's funny is in Australia, the most, uh, the most, how can I say, famous place for cannabis. So when anyone thinks of weed in Australia, you think of a town called Nimbin. Nimbin is a, is a place in New South Wales, which is about a three-hour drive from me, south. <coughs> and they have an annual thing there. It's all just full of hippies. It's a very beautiful place. Um, it's all just full of hippies and alternative people. They have a hemp embassy there, like a building where if you have problems with weed, you go to the hemp embassy, you know, they help you. It's a cannabis town. And it's been like that for, I would say, probably over 35 years. Yeah, it's called Nimbin, N-I-M-B-I-N, New South Wales, um, Australia. So, uh, yeah, it's a beautiful place, but just even though it's known for its cannabis, um, you know, because that's a place, if you want to go score some weed, you go there. The weed you can even buy there today is absolute brickweed. Like, even though the people there grow weed, they have no fucking idea what they're doing. Like, you know, they, they just got no fucking idea, man. Like, every uh, ounce you buy from there just looks like garbage, um, even to this day, to the point where, you know, no one would even buy it from here. It's only if you're desperate, you know, you'd go down there to buy it. Um, so, and genetic, and the thing is with the Australian government, I think it's really hard to like import seeds. You know, people are scared to send seeds over because, um, you know, I've had all my friends, they've been nabbed, you know, they bought seeds and the cops delivered them, not the mailman. <laughs> you know, they were delivered. They got a front, not, yeah, and it was the federal police too. Um, but they got a warning the first time, but they said, you know, if they got done again, they'd literally um, screw them. And yeah, they got, they got real weird laws, man. Like I, I know, I don't want to say I'm good friends with him, but I'm friends with this man. His name is Cog and Cog is like a, 
he's like an Australian legend in the growing of cannabis. Um, he was uh, arrested in the early 90s in New South Wales, about 45 minutes from Nimbin, from that place I was telling you, the cannabis town. And he's just a third, he was like a third generation grower. I think he had like, I don't know, I don't want to speak on the man, but he had something like a hundred acres of land there that was, you know, inherited to him from his father to from grandfather, father, whatnot. And he was out there just growing weed out in the open, you know, just he <laughs> just uh, cut the, just in the open field, you know, he'd just fucking go in there with a rototiller, Mendo dope style, you know, just eh, just 10 by 10 meters, fucking dolomite, lime, all that shit. He's actually got a, he's got a, he put out an instructional video in the 90s from Australia and then it went on YouTube. It's called COG, K-O-G, a grower's lot, if anyone wants to YouTube it. He's a funny cunt and like it's very, very primitive information on how to grow and shit. But anyway, so I met this man and this man has the, um, he, he has the, uh, I don't know now, but back when I first met him, which was about 2012, when I came back from California, he had the uh, most highest amount of um busted uh grow for cannabis plants you know and it made the headline 16 million dollar drug bust um you know and he made the front page the whole fucking front page was just him and this was back in the 90s and, and what the actual story was like that's what they wrote in the papers um so what the actual story was he had a big fucking mason jar like about this size you know size of my head and it was all full of fucking seeds that he was just collecting over the years he told me this personally and he just had this big fucking you know four foot by two foot fucking tray that he just put all soil all along it you know and he thought fuck it i'm just going to germinate all these fucking seeds so he had like eight thousand seeds is what he got popped for and he just had him on, on the front porch on his you know hundred acre block no one fucking comes to his hundred acre block and he said, literally, the seedlings just came up like half an inch, you know, like this much up ab above the soil. And um, he got a fucking knock on the door and it was the cops. And he had the fucking, you know, they came on an unrelated fucking thing to speak to him about something. And I don't know if he was on the front porch or the back porch. Anyway, the cops saw these fucking 8,000 little seedlings. So he got caught with his 8,000 little seedlings and they wrote it in the paper as a $16 million drug haul, you know, because uh, the judge said the 8,000 plants, each plant under Australian law, each seed is, a two, is valued at a maximum, at a potential of $2,000 minimum, you know, per plant. I don't know how the fuck they get those numbers. I think they're fucking, you know, they th they've been watching too many Mendo Dope videos or something, but... Yeah, the, you know, so, you know, if you get caught with three seedlings, they're going to say, oh, $6,000 fucking, you know, harvest, even though it's, and anyway, so he got caught with 8,000 fucking seeds that were planted. And when he first told me this, I said, man, you had a fucking shitty lawyer because half of them would have been fucking male, you know, straight away. I could have cut, cut that down to 4,000 for you from 8,000, you know, they weren't feminized seeds. You say, well, half of them are going to be fucking male, so... You know, yeah, at least got that going. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, the poor guy, I think he got sentenced to like fucking six or five years jail, but I think he only ended up doing, you know, I think it was 13 or 14 months, something like that. I can't really remember. 
Um, so yeah, he he copped it. Uh, yeah, well, how did we even get on Cog anyway? Yeah, so that was the biggest guy that was uh, down here. And but man, I just realized I'm fucking just going all over the shop. Was I meant to? I wasn't meant to follow a storyline, was I? I went off about when I was young that I was California. Now I'm like, why am I talking about Cog? <laughs> so yeah. Um, yeah. And l let me tell you another thing, man, the, the actual, so I'm a med patient, um, and the actual cannabis that we get here in Australia is absolutely horrendous. It all comes from Canada. And like I said to D, you know, on another show, I know offense to Canada. I don't want to upset Canadians. And he said, no, not at all. But he even said the, the, the Canadian weed that they, have for export, you know, for the med patients to Australia is absolutely dog shit. And the way I say it's dog shit is when I show, show it to all my friends and remember all my friends here, they're just used to fucking, ah, I, I, I forgot another thing. All my friends here are just used to absolute terrible quality of cannabis, you know? So when I show them uh, my medical buds, they look at them and they're like, fucking hell, man, they look great, you know, because what, because the medical buds, they look like high time magazine buds, but what they don't realize is they're PGR. You know, I can just looking at them, you know what PGR is, don't you? Um, Eagle? So PGR, let me, hormones. Yes, sir. PGR is plant growth regulator. And I don't think it's a very big thing in America. And this is another thing where I have to come back to kind of before in the story. There's two types of cannabis in Australia. There's the brickweed equivalent, you know, the brown, nasty, some person didn't even know what the fuck they were doing. You know, it's not untrimmed. That's another thing. And when I say not untrimmed, the fucking fan leaves are still seeded. Out of every ounce, you'll probably pull out fucking anywhere from 50 to 300 seeds. It's just people don't know what the fuck they're doing. Um, so that's one type of cannabis. Or the other type of cannabis is like the stuff I used to buy when I was on the black market before I got on the medical, which was just all hydroponic grown. And, um, you know, hydroponic grown, it looks like a high times fucking bud compared to the brickweed bud, you know, even though me, I prefer organic and, you know, like I said, I've always, uh, Sub has taught me everything I fucking know, you know, he's, I've never learned from anyone but Sub, I've had things too, I've just always been loyal to him, you know, it fucking worked, when I went to California, I actually met him, so that's why I was, I was fucking loyal to him, you know, um, and I'll talk about that a bit more in my story. Um, yeah, so what were we talking, oh yeah, the two types of qualities. Um, so yeah, the, the, they were the two types of qualities of cannabis that you'd get in Australia. And the one I would always get would be the hydroponic stuff. And that was just because, you know, you'd have two or three bong rips you'd get, and you'd get fucking, you know, fucked up where you could buy an ounce of the Nimbin, you know, bush weed, we call it. It's just shit weed. And man, you could smoke fucking the whole ounce and you won't feel anything except the headache you know i swear you won't get high at all you just have a fucking headache be thinking i might as well smoke the fucking roll of a newspaper you know it would have got the same effect um so the only thing i could have got my hands on um before i got on the medical um of course um, there's uncle trip you know has been growing i've been getting my meds off uncle trip but before that 
I was getting them off um, a gentleman in uh, Brisbane. And, you know, the, the weed was always the exact same weed, man. I was buying it for, I would say, probably seven to eight years. And it was, I would ask him, you know, what, what are the genetics of this? He would, and he would get upset. It's fucking good, good. It's fucking good dope, mate. That's all you need to know. It's fucking good dope. And I go, no, what's the genetic? You know, is it white widow? Is it fucking, um, you know, it's, I don't fucking know what you're on about, mate. It's just fucking good dope. That's all you need to know about, you know, to get upset. And I'll be like, damn, man. All right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. The when when you would get the weed, it, like I said, it was just hard, dense, zero resin on it. It looked like a high times cannabis uh, bud because of the fluoroness of it. You know, not so much of the modern day. You know, they just look like they're rolled in sugar, sort of thing. Like the you know 2010 high times shit was resiny, but you know it's just compared like I said compared to Australian bushweed, the brown shit, anything green here, you just even if it wasn't hydro, if it was soil grown, people you know would like subcools fucking weed. It was grown in soil here, you'd slag that, and Uncle Trip may or may not have have here slagged that all off all day as hydro because that's what people fucking wanted you know you go you want hydro this is this ain't hydro but it'll knock your dick in the dirt and you know you can pay hydro <laughs> prices um so yeah man i'm so fucking high i don't even know what the fuck we're on about bro you're gonna have to step in on this one <laughs> i'm sorry to call on you <laughs> holy moly no worries here. Basically, we were you were telling us about the two different kinds of weed, and in this instance, you were growing it in soil and passing it off as hydro because that's, that's what right. they wanted to hear. <laughs> yeah, and I wasn't growing it, of course. Uncle Trip was growing it because it's illegal here, so you know we don't do that. But yeah, I think you know my Uncle Trip. He's pretty, uh, you know, he's pretty popular in the cannabis community over there. Um, so yeah, yeah, Uncle Trip, you know, he would he would get rid of that's what people wanted, man. You'd tell people, oh, you know, you'd show them a good fucking bag of great uh buds, Uncle Trip would, and the first fucking question is any Australian will ask is oh, is it hydro, mate? Is it hydro? And you'd just be like, Jesus Christ, and not because they like hydro because of the ground style, just because they know it's gonna knock their dick in the dirt, and you know. Being from California and, you know, we were going hard on the outdoors out there, big motherfuckers, you know, legal grows too, I was working on. And I just saw the big fucking difference in, you know, hydroponic and yeah, I've got nothing against hydroponics, man. So I don't, I don't mean to upset anyone. I'm just against hydroponics with PGR, plant growth regulators. And that's all that's growing here in Australia because it, so if you grow under one light, um, say in a five by five, say you got just for fuck's sake, I don't know, a H, HLG 600, you're growing in a five by five, whatever in with, with PGR, I, me or um, Uncle Trip have ever grown with fucking PGRs. But the, the thing is, if you, what I think whatever you grow in a five by five square footage, you literally get three times a yield using PGRs. And, you know, we've, uh, Uncle Trip's done a side by side with, you know, um, just soil 
and hydroponic snow PGI, and there's not really that much difference on a yield. That's what he told me. There was maybe like a five, 10% yield difference. But when you use PGRs, man, it is just, ah, fuck. Can you screen share Eagle on your screen? Like if I get you to Google image, uh, image, if you just, fuck, can you do that, my man? If oh, yes. not, no. Yeah. So the reason I'm doing this, so just type in uh, PGR cannabis or plant growth regulator. And the reason is this, is when you buy any sort of hydroponic weed here in Australia, well, anyway, up here in Queensland, I'm up in Queensland. So I've bought, uh, I've bought, my friends have bought um, hydroponic black market, um, you know, cannabis. And they all, all from different growers, from cities, from about 300 kilometers away. Okay, so just go to Google Images, and just so I can show you a picture. And I, I swear to you, they all look exactly the fucking same. So, uh, yeah. So see that third, yeah, that that third row down, the first one down. You see that fucking real weird looking shit? Yeah, that one. Yeah. So that one on the left, man, that's exactly what the fuck is getting around. And when you look at it, it's got, can, everyone can see that, obviously, I'm hoping. So it's the one on the left. Mm -hmm. That's a typical PGR bud in Australia. And Australians fucking love it. And as you can see, there's zero crystals on that. And I've done my, re my research. I've researched, you know, what PGR does and whatnot. And all it does, it just changes, like, its hormones of the plant and it makes it make more calyx uh sorry more pistolet hairs so that's why it just looks you can see all the brown pistolet hairs all over the fucking place so it just puts all its energy making pistolet hairs and just sort of swelling those base bracts up and as you can see on the right that's sort of how organic or not even organic just non-pgr growing you know that can even be hydroponic on the right but you know it's fluffy and even though it could be dense that one um, that one on the right, you could literally, when you put your fingers between it to squeeze it, you can't even get that to budge half a millimeter. It's literally concrete. So when you make up an ounce, you know, or how you call them in lids in um, California, when you weigh them up in an organic ounce and then put an organic, uh, I mean, uh, uh, ounce of those PGR buds right next to it, it, lit it literally fills like half of it you know it's half the contents that's how dense they are so for a grower that has no fucking that has no fucking soul and doesn't worry about you know what the fuck and what the fuck is doing to people giving them that shit uh and and another thing is pgrs there hasn't been that much testing about it is they're fucking uh, they're um what are they called carcinogen car carcinogenic when you fucking put a flame to it you know the they were invented for plants to grow as a in the garden to to grow so you can eat it you know but they weren't they never did testing against against fucking putting a flame to the fucking thing and smoking it you know what i mean um so yeah i just think they're fucking nasty man and that's not what cannabis should look like you know we grow cannabis for oil and there's no fucking oil resin on it it's just it's just literally for just money hungry people you know what i mean um I so yeah excuse me i just burped 
So, yeah, um, that's everything that's on the black market now here in Queensland. Anyway, um, like I said, uh, three, two or three? We'll say three sounds better. I think it is three. Three of my friends, yeah, have bought uh, buds from all different. Yeah, it is. Um, and, yeah, they all look like they're like that. Everything going around is like that, hydroponic. Um so like I said, when I had my old hookup, when, before I went to um, California, I was just buying hydroponic, but you could tell it was PGR, but not, it didn't look like that. It still looked like regular weed, you know, it was green. It was just a bit more denser than regular, no resin. And I bought the same shit off the same guy. I'd buy an ounce every week and I, it was $400 an ounce, you know, every week I spent a $400. The shit never had any smell, not one bit of smell, but it never smelled like hay or anything. And it never had any taste, but it just got you fucking ripped, you know? And compared to what I know now, I would say it was probably like a 21, 20% THC, but just, you know, just very plain Jane high, not much to zero terpenes. I don't know how they were drying it, curing it, but I knew that was coming from South Australia, that stuff I was buying from. And it was from a big, you know, uh, commercial grower. I don't know who the fuck it was, but it was some big commercial grower that was supplying most of Australia, from South Australia. So it was just absolute dog shit, man. And that was considered like the top tier weed around here. And, you know, I just fucking kept seeing videos and seeing in the magazines and shit, bubblegum and OG Kush and fucking all this shit. And, you know, I just, Sub wasn't around then. This was 2008, but I'd spoken to him on Overgrow and bullshit like that. Um, so anyway, my uncle fucking lived in um, Cincinnati. So he made uh, plans for me to get a work visa and to go over there and to spend four years with him at Cincinnati. So we got all that fucking sorted and I went to Cincinnati, you know, and I was there for literally one day and there was a, uh, I don't know if it was a cannabis cup, but there was some fucking cup in California. And I said to my uncle, hey, uncle, I'm just going to go to California. I'm just going to stay in a hotel for three nights, go to this cannabis cup. I just want to see what's up and I'll be back. So I remember I planned, I flew over from Australia to Cincinnati to be with my uncle for four years. Spent one night, said, I'm just going quickly to California, you know, to check out the cannabis scene. Went to California, man. I never fucking came back, dude. <laughs> I came back after four years. <laughs> yeah, so that was cool. <laughs> yeah, so I just, you know, met the some people there. They offered me work, you know, um, growing and just... Yeah, no, you know, worked my way up and moved on to bigger and better things. And I kind of was like, yeah, I was lucky enough to meet Saab at a fucking, uh, I can't remember what event it was, but he was sharing a table with Bog. You remember Bog? Surely you remember Bog. Yeah. Of course. So he, this was the early days. I think he might have just got married with Jill. I can't remember. I think he might have been in Oregon still. I don't even think he was in fucking Cali back then. He was, yeah, and anyway, so he was sharing a fucking booth with Bog, you know. Bog had a, like eight fucking packs, uh, you know, on his table. Sub had fucking, I don't know, 
I don't know, probably like 12, 15 packs. I remember Space Queen was on it, you know, the oldies. Was it Space Queen? Yeah, Space Queen and fucking... I remember I, I sat and talked to Sub for about fucking an hour and a half, just about Vortex, you know? <laughs> it was fucking hilarious. And I, don't, and I never even liked Sativas, man. That was the thing. For some reason, just Sub fucking drawed me in. I knew nothing about the guy just from him from Overgrow, you know? And he got me intrigued with all his fucking super soil and shit. But he was always on the fucking Sativas, and I was never really a Sativa guy, you know? I don't want to fucking think about shit or you know I, I like to fucking you know just get fucking couch locked you know and just look at my drink and say oh man i wish i could pick it up you know but i'm too fucking high that's a that's how i like to get medicated um so yeah i i ended up you know i ended up working in california for four years uh you know legal and not so legal farms on there um, and then I ended up uh, going, you know, right before my four-year working visa was over. I still was a fucking absolute asshole. I still didn't go back to see my uncle. I thought I'd be a smart ass and go to Albuquerque to do some martial arts training <laughs> there. So, yeah, I was just an absolute fucking brick to my uncle. Um, so, yeah, I probably should have went back. So, yeah, man, I, I went back for one day with him and then I came back to Australia. And after that, man, I could just never look at weed the fucking same, you know, after growing it and fucking just seeing. I, I was literally blown away in California, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just, I don't know, man, you just got to know the fucking culture here, like, you know, I, I had heard rumors of people saying one time, oh, yeah, man, we got this weed that smells like bubble gum. You know, there was like a off rumor here, you know, once in a lifetime or something. But we never heard of fucking Girl Scout cookies or fucking Gorilla. You know, Gorilla Glue wasn't out back then. That was like 2014. But we never heard of Blue Dream and shit. And when I was there in California, we were just fucking going hard on the overgrow cut of the OG Kush, which was just the original OG Kush. And I think the uh, Humboldt Seed, Humboldt Seed Organization, or I don't know, but the Blue Dream. So we were just fucking monocropping that shit, you know, Blue Dream and OG Kush. And as you know, back then, 2008 to 2012, it was like fucking 8000 or $12,000 a pound, you know, back then it was, well, in California anyway. Um, yeah, man. And when I came back to Australia, I just couldn't fucking go back to, you know, buying that fucking $400 fucking, you know, hydroponic weed I was buying for all those, you know, years beforehand after I came back from California. And that's when I said to the guy, you know, what, what genetic is this when I first came back? And he goes, what do you mean? What genetic is this? I go, you know, is it OG Kush, the white widow? And he got fucking pissed off. Don't fucking, don't, it's fucking good dope, mate. That's all you need to fucking know. It's fucking good dope. And I was like, all right, man, fuck. Like, chill out, yeah. And he was telling me, oh, man, you fucking think you're a good grower and whatnot. I was, you know, everyone in Australia thinks they're the best fucking grower in the world. So then he starts fucking yapping. Yeah, man, this one that, I remember this one time in Melbourne, I was growing this weed. 
its genetics was called sensamilia. And I just looked at him, I said, sensamilia means fucking without seed in Spanish, you dumb fuck. And he just fucking turned bright red, you know, thinking like he was growing, you know, OG Kush or something, sensamilia. Oh, I was growing this genetic called sensamilia. Like, yeah, all right on, fuck it. But like I said, man, no one knows nothing about here. Everyone still thinks, you know, hydro is the best shit. If, you know, I've literally given fucking people a fucking bag. Well, not me, of course. Uh, Uncle Trip have given a bag of fucking Girl Scout cookies. And the first people th- people say is, holy fuck, from across the room. Oh, you can smell it, you know. Um, and the first question I'll ask is, mate, that's got to be fucking hydro. You know, how the fuck do you get it smelling like that? Uncle Trip just fucking shakes his head, you know? So anyway, uh, moving on to the next fucking part, man, is the reason why I got my med card. So the reason I got, like I said, I've been self-fucking medicating for 20 years, you know, with my back spasms and insomnia and shit. And I didn't really, really realize until I came back from California, like, there's a difference that there is a sativa and indica and, you know, that the indica will help you with more of a fucking nerve back spasm, which is what I needed. And also the, you know, I needed myrcene, which is what I learned from sub, you know, to help me sleep at night. Um, you know, that was a, you know, an oil or a genetic that I would need. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, so I started looking into things like that and I sort of realized yeah. Uh, what was what? Oh, and here's the other thing. I totally missed a uh, vital and very funny part of the returning to Australia. Um, so, of course, I was, you know, doing the, the Lord's work in Australia, I mean, in <laughs> America for four years, you know, just overgrowing the, overgrowing the government, as some would say. Um, Operation Overgrow, whatever you want to call it. And, you know, I knew, man, once I was fucking coming back, uh, I was going to be back to, you know, just the same old fucking ditch diggity bullshit genetics that were here, you know, unless you wanted to chance it and get something from fucking Holland. And like I said, it was a 50-50 if the cops were going to deliver it or if it was actually going to come. And when you did buy him, man, so... Anyone that bought, has ever bought seeds in the past from fucking in Australia, you'd buy fucking seeds now. And if they did come, they'd literally come in four months, anywhere from fucking two to four months, you know, sometimes six months. And that whole fucking time, you're just thinking, oh, fuck, they got picked up. The cops are coming. The cops are coming because you're thinking, yeah, you know, if I can, I sent the check, you know, two, three weeks, they should be here. They just don't fucking come for months. And sometimes you just totally fucking forget about them. Like, fuck, you know, customs must have picked them up. And then fucking, you know, five months later, my mate said, yeah. And then these fucking packet of, you know, this fucking piece of cardboard came up. And I was like, what the fuck is this piece of cardboard? And they looked down the, you know, zigzags and they saw the fucking beans stuck in there, um, you know, or a fucking, you know, $2 watch or something. They break it up and there's, you know, inside there, 10 beans. Um, so, yeah, when when I came back from uh, California, man, I thought, dude, I'm never going to be able to get any fucking beans, you know, back to Australia. So I did the only way I know how to do, which is, well, not me. I did what I knew what to do was to talk to my uncle Trip 
And Uncle Trip knew what he had to do is to put that shit in his old prison wallet, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you know what a prison wallet is, there, Eagle? Up the old fucking tailpipe there. <laughs> yeah, no, so, uh, yeah, that's, you know, you got to do what you got to do, man. Uh, you know. Um, so that's our, our <laughs> yeah, I'll just give a moment now for the pause, for the laughter. Have a good laugh at me and Uncle Trip. Um, yeah, I need to pull up this fucking show too on YouTube. Um, so yeah, man, Uncle Trip fucking stuck him in the good old fucking poop de doo and he came back with him, and he put him in two condoms, double wrapped, you know, cut the... Tied him off like a gentleman, cut the, cut the extra loosey-goosey bit off. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, came back. This is all according to him, of course, he told me. He came back through, no dramas, sweating fucking bullets, the whole fucking plane ride. He said he needed to do a dump so bad that he was just fucking holding it in. But anyway, he ended up doing the deed and uh he bought like about four grand worth of genetics you know back with him over here so yeah he ended up bringing just you know those california fucking goodies man um og kush sour diesel uh larry og you know all the good stuff and fucking um uncle trip started growing them out man and just started fucking blowing everyone's fucking hair back here you know in australia he'd give it to people and everyone was like what the fuck is that mate did you put fucking crack in that you know everyone would always accuse him right did you put fucking crack in it no nah, mate it's laced with fucking something you did something to it you know no nah, mate you put fucking fentanyl in it or some shit as always some fucking bullshit so yeah just uh and that's when me and Uncle Trip, man, sort of fucking realized the the power of fucking genetics, you know? And there was nothing here. And as far as genetics, man, so like I said, Trip, Uncle Trip brought fucking a, a lot of seeds over. Um, you know, they, they were all great. And that was the only way, you know, he could ensure he could bring them in. So like I said, he did what he had to do, man. It was fucking disgusting as whatever it is. You fucking do what you gotta do, you know? And when when this shit is fucking everything to you, it's you know, it's fucking nothing really. Small price to pay, you know. When you're desperate, man, you're fucking desperate, you know. And that's what he was. So we Yeah, we fucking um Yeah. So pre pre uh pre uh, nutrient uh i'd say they hit the nutrients a little bit earlier on that round you get a good germination rate out. <laughs> I, I, you can honestly say i think with uh no word of a lie telling them this is the shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no and yeah no man it was and, and the thing with like the thing about Australian sativa, so let's go into that. Like I've I've been with Uncle Trip, I've seen all his grows he's done. 
Um, Australian sativas, so Australia is, like everyone knows, it's a tropical place. So any natural, and, and that bush weed that I was telling you, that brown Mexican equivalent weed, the Nimbin stuff, it's like a, it's a, I don't really want to say it's a land race, but it technically is, man. It's a fucking land race of just Australia. Yeah, there might have been one or two, maybe the Dutch accidental fucking cross-pollinations, but the shit is always the same. It just looks like it's like if, if, you, grow, if you grow it properly, the natural Australian, you know, uh, land race here, it's a 14 to 18 week normally. I, I've uh, heard from other people, they've let it go to 22 weeks sometimes, but, you know, Australia is a very hot place and up where I am in Queensland, we're very close to the core equator. The equator, I don't know if it actually runs through it or cuts through the top or might just be just under, but we're right through the equator. It's the hottest part of Australia is up where I am because we're the northern part. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't even know what the fuck I was talking about then about an equator. What are we fucking talking star signs or something? <laughs> well, you were talking about uh, outside grows, basically the condition outdoors. There. Ah, yeah. Thank you, man. I pre- man, I appreciate you getting my back for me, Eagle. Uh, I, when I get baked, man, I just every time I'm with my friends, I'm like, "What the fuck is I talking about?" <laughs> and they're like, "I don't know, man." So it's like a Cannabis gives you not memory loss, but it just gives you momentarily memory loss, <laughs> which is, uh, who says it? Joe Rogan. He goes, good, because you were boring the fuck out of me. <laughs> uh, sorry, were you going to say so? No, I'm just la- I'm laughing along with you there. I think super funny stuff uh they're they've been enjoying the story so far you know they've said that uh you're a good storyteller so far they're enjoying it and as far as like the 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 rambles and this rambles in different directions it paints a a better picture you know what i mean of what what, what's going on in your life so i i i always appreciate the little scatterbrain stories it adds little detail a little more character to the store yeah so. nice yeah uh, well i haven't even started medicating yet wait till we get this master cushion and we're gonna get fucked up um <laughs> and blue dream yeah some more california favorites um so where were we up to man we were talking about ah yes yeah, so it's like uh the natural stuff that grows here in australia it's like a uh, if you or sub were to grow it, you know, you'd fucking take it to 18, I'd say probably 19, 20, knowing you, you know, you'd fucking want to see the full expression. Just here, everyone, that 18-week genetic, everyone cuts it at fucking 12, you know. Um, and say Gorilla Glue. Gorilla Glue is a fit, not that anyone has it here. Well, nowadays, yeah, they do because a lot. it's come in a lot from fucking, you know, a few... Like I said, nowadays it's like a 50-50 chance from what I hear from other people growing when they buy seeds from Amsterdam or America. It's a 50-50. You know, half the time they'll get the seeds. The other times the cops will deliver it or they'll get an email saying, you know, your shit got caught up in customs and being destroyed. Uh, so, like, if someone here, they got Gorilla Glue, it's a 56 or 
day strain of the one I know, or say eight weeks, I guarantee you if no one knew it was an eight-week strain, they would grow it to about five and a half, six weeks. They're probably not even six weeks and they'd harvest it, you know. All, all weed that's grown here is like with still with white hairs on it, you know. It's not even cloudy. It's still fucking full clear. It hasn't even gone through that final swell, you know, in that last two weeks. You know, you know what I'm talking about. It's, uh, yeah, just no disrespect to the Australians, man, but they just don't know what the fuck they're doing. And, that, you know, that's how America was before, too. That's how everyone fucking was. Um, so the thing about Australia is they don't understand what they're doing with soil, but they can grow. I wouldn't call it good weed. You wouldn't call it good weed. No one on this channel would call it good weed. But to what the Australians, as they would know it, it's the fucking dankity dank as coot would call it you know there that 400 hydroponic bullshit i was buying no smell no taste it was just fucking hydro looking bud no resin but it just get you fucked up with three bong rips that was you know the bee's knees of weed in australia unless you knew someone important from fucking california so um yeah, I forgot what the fuck I was talking about. I knew I was talking about the fucking uh, weed, but why? <laughs> what was the reason? Where was I going with it? Uh, yeah, it's it's just all cut early, man. It's it's fucking Quality, cut early. I think is you know? where you're going there. Oh, no, what, 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 what I was... Thank you. What, what I was going for was, uh, so people don't really understand like microbes and the soil biome and, you know, deficiencies in the leaf, you know, where me and you can look at a leaf and go, oh, fuck, that needs nitrogen. You know, that's a phosphorus fucking toxicity. That's fucking russet mites, you know, that's spider mites. They don't even know, you know, like I'll tell, I've seen people's plants. I go, man, you got fucking spider mites like a motherfucker. And they're like, what spider mites? And then they just say, man, I had these fucking little fucking spider things moving, man. So I just fucking sprayed them with a bagon. You know what a bagon is? It's like a fucking, it's a fucking, it kills a fucking cockroaches. It's like a flying cockroach spray killer. Yeah. It's like, I was like, dude, you're smoking that shit. Yeah. I've heard, yeah, all the, the worst of the worst, man. Um, yeah. Just people. But the thing is, when it's hydroponics, they they consider themselves a master grower because all they're doing is 30 mils of part a 30 mils of part b fucking 20 mils of fucking rhizotonic ph of fucking 5.8 look at me i'm a fucking master now you know i'm smashing it bro <laughs> and as long as they keep to those parallel lines and nothing goes out of whack and nothing pops up you know, they're fucking, they can at least pull a fucking harvest and in australia that's the king you know the fucking the guy that follows the fucking three-part formula, you know, that guy's fucking crushing it here. And that's what sells in Australia on the black market, man. And that's, you know, the master grower in Australia, like the medical program in Australia. Like I said, we get our weed from, um, weed, I shouldn't call that. We get our cannabis from uh, fuck, uh, Canada and it's all hydroponic, but they showed on the news here. So, where I'm at, about 40 minutes away, they have an actual Queensland growing hydroponic 
medical grow here. And it's all just the big uh, six, six inch by six inch rock wool cubes. You know, it's all hydroponic too. But you can tell they're actually using fucking good genetics this time. Of course, it's not fucking crazy train or fucking whatever. It's white widow and fucking, you know, the 90s stuff, you know. Yeah, they might be a blue dream or whatever. But like even even the medical cannabis I'm on now from the government, when we were growing blue dream in California, we were pulling 27% and we were getting it tested at SC labs. Um and also another one where here their blue dream is testing at 18% THC and also ours we were getting like one 1.2% CBD and here they're boasting at about a 0.1% CBD they call it a CBD strain you know and I think like man we were you know we had stuff that was like just 18% CBD in California with no you know 1% which is much higher now, but yeah, so um, it's, yeah, man, they just need to be educated here, you know, that's, that's, that's the main thing. Um, I think they just need some people that know what the fuck they're doing. And honestly, the people here growing weed in the Queensland medical facility, you can tell just by the look of them, they, then people don't smoke weed and they've never grown a weed plant in their life. You know what I mean? Maybe they're horticulturalists, but they specialize in fucking, I don't know what they, lettuce or fucking, you, you know what I mean? It's one thing to be a master grower or own a nursery, but man, it's, it's totally different growing a, uh, that plant, you know, it's, yeah. And as you know, every year you think, yep, smashed it. Next year you fucking learn shit that you didn't know the year before. And you, then you think back to how you were fucking 10 or even 15 years ago. And you think, fuck, I thought I was a shit back then. I didn't know shit compared to what I know now. And think of what you're going to know in two years time, you know, especially if you keep your mind open. Um, so, yeah, man. And, and the other thing here is like, my on the on the medical cannabis program here, so I'm just doing the black market. But like I said, everyone in Australia smokes cannabis, you know, my age and under, even the old fellows, they smoke weed. All the young kids, they all do it. Australia is really heavy into drugs, um, especially the young kids, you know, we just like to fucking party, as you see in the movies. We're fucking, you know, that's the Aussies. We go fucking hard. We'll, we'll fucking drink you under the table, you know, that's us. And I don't drink, man, so that's... I don't drink at all. Um, <clears throat> uh, so yeah, the it's that's a good quality here. It's just the hydroponics. So I think they just really need to be educated about you know, good, uh, not even organic weed, but just just people that know what the fuck they're doing. And like even when I spoke with my cannabis doctor for my Zoom call with the. Uh, you know, for him to prescribe me what genetics are good for my symptoms. Um, he didn't know what the fuck he was talking about, man. You know, like he had no fucking idea about anything. And I'm literally telling him about genetics. And he's just like, you know, and my other friend, um, Derek, so he's got multiple sclerosis. And you know what multiple sclerosis is? It's like a real severe disease, you know. It's, it means the hardening of the body. He can't fucking move. He gets all cramped up and shit. 
and eventually, uh, you know, so he got diagnosed with it, I think about 12 years ago, 13 years ago. And the doctor said in 10 years, you're going to be in a wheelchair. And he's a big boy, you know, he's about 110 kilos now. Um, and uh, so he, he was on the medical cannabis, he still is, and he called him up the same company I'm with, you know, to get the medical cannabis with. Um, and this is all federally legal too. So even though it's shit and everything, we are, we're at least safe in that part where it's not just state legal, it's federally legal, the medical. So that's one good thing. Um, so he, he called up the company, you know, that he's getting the medicine from, the same company as me. Um, and he called him up and, you know, he was looking through the menu of what genetics they have, the percentage and blah, blah, blah. And uh, he, 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 he was saying to the lady, yeah, I just want to talk about the genetics that, you know, and the medicine that he's want to prescribe me. And he goes, honestly, man, she didn't know what the fuck she was talking about. You know, she had no idea. And he started getting really upset with her, you know, because she was trying to play like she was educated and she had no idea. And he, and he was asking her, like, do you have Girl Scout cookies? And she's going, what's that? Is that its street name? Because on, on our on our website, you know, they don't even write the genetic makeup. So, you know, even though they're selling Girl Scout cookies, they don't write Girl Scout cookies. They call it fucking Big Dick 30 or something. Or, you know, the other one I know is, uh, what was it? Uh, I think it might've been like a gelato something cross and it was 25% THC. And I think they call it uh, Topaz. So everyone in Australia, it's a very common fucking genetic that they get prescribed here on the medical cannabis. It's called Topaz and it's labeled T25, meaning Topaz and 25% THC. Um, so this fucking Topaz weed is what my friend with a multiple sclerosis got, the, they prescribed him. And uh, he was speaking with the fucking, the health fucking specialist of the cannabis bullshit of australia and he's going yeah i just want to i just want to speak to you about uh you know the genetics you have for my condition i've got multiple sclerosis and uh you know i wanted girl scout cookies and she goes what's girl scout cookies is that the street name and he's going no it's not the street name that's a real genetic you know it's like a afghan times saudi uh like an afghan times what is it uh blah, 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 blah. The fucking one from Africa. What's it called? Uh, Durban poison. <coughs> Excuse me. So, and and uh, she goes, what's what's Girl Scout cookies? Is that the street name? And he goes, no, it's not the fucking street name. You know, he's got an Aussie accent. No, it's not the fucking street name. It's the fucking Girl Scout cookies. That's the genetic I'm after. And then he's going, I need to know what to, what genetics you got for my for what terpenes I need for my medicine. And she goes, what's a terpene? This is what the fucking health minister of, and he goes, are you fucking kidding me? He starts going off and he goes, fucking terpenes is a fucking medicine. You fucking prescribed me for my fucking thing. You know, he starts fucking going off and he goes, you don't know what the fucking terpene is. And she, and uh, 
he fucking went off on her for like 45 minutes. And then she, you know, she started coming back at him, you know, saying, oh, is that the street name? The Girl Scout Cookie goes, no, that's a fucking lineage of the thing. You know, you use a given at street names with your topaz. He goes, no one knows what the fuck topaz is. And he goes, and how the fuck do you get a Girl Scout cookie with like, I can't remember, 25%. He goes, everyone I know is fucking growing like 33% topaz. <laughs> I mean, Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fucking funny. Um, uh, so, yeah, she said, oh, look, I'm very happy. This is what he told me. I'm very happy that you called us and I'll, and I'll, and I'll get in contact with, the, you know, I'm having a board meeting tomorrow morning and I'll call you back after the board meeting. Four weeks later, the bitch still hasn't called him back. You know, they just don't give a fuck. And I, uh, like I, I typed in, you know, the review of the, company that I buy the medicine from just as a Google search. Uh, they're called Eternal Leaf. I'll put them fucking on blast. Eternal Leaf is a company in Australia. So I'll put Eternal Leaf review, bad reviews on Google. And fuck, man, it just came out just all full of bad reviews. Fucking paid the first order, been waiting four weeks for my fucking first medicine, still hasn't come, you know. Um, they said four week fucking back. Why the fuck would you prescribe something that's back ordered for four weeks? You know, I'm fucking, it's just shocking, man. They they obviously don't give a fuck about their patients, you know. Like, they didn't know what terpene was. Even me, my first order, I've been waiting for three fucking weeks. I was waiting for my first order, you know. It was meant to come in four days, three weeks, because both of the shit they fucking prescribed me were on back order. And then I even had to change my shit to another one because it was going to be another four weeks. Um, so, yeah, they prescribed me, what, Afghan Kush and Blue Dream. Um, but it's just, you know, dog shit. It's, they say it's 24%, the Afghan Kush. But to me, it feels like fucking... 12%, but, you know, like I said, Uncle Trip does a outstanding job. Um, so, yeah, man, it's, I think Australia just really needs to fucking, they really need to just start growing their own shit, but, which they are, but they just haven't legally been able to sell it to the Australians yet. But not just growing their own shit, man, I think they just need to be fucking educated, you know what I mean? Like, no, no one knows anything. And when Uncle Tripp came, you know, from California to here, people thought he was like fucking a legend, you know, and he was just thinking, dude, I'm, I, I ain't no fucking legend, man. It's just, I just learned from fucking people. I knew what the fuck they were doing, you know, and even, yeah. Yeah, so Uncle Tripp's weed is like a fucking thing of legend around here, and it's all because... It was just done right, man, you know? Just fucking learnt from good people. Like, like I said, it's nothing special, man. It's just people don't know what the, what the fuck they're doing here. They don't understand even what a dolomite lighting does to the soil, you know? They don't, they don't know shit. The most anyone will think here is, oh, I'll chuck a bit of chicken poop on it, you know? And then they'll wonder why they're fucking in flour. And then they'll wonder why there's a nitrogen fucking <laughs> over toxicity and their fucking leaves crisp stuff. So, yeah. Or they'll fucking overwater it. You know, they'll just be watering the outdoor plants with a fucking garden hose 10 minutes on each plant. <laughs> yeah, no, she's going to be a fucking big one, mate. You know, he's fucking going to smash it. Just, you know what I mean? They, people just don't fucking understand, man. So, 
No, I'm not saying everyone in Australia is like that. If there's some Aussies, I know there's some that are good fucking girls, but you know your fucking self. You learned it from the fucking Americans. Don't you fuck with me. You know. You ain't fucking learning that shit here. Um, so, yeah, man. Um, yeah. I don't know. Should we take a fucking... I don't know. Am I still on course? <laughs> You're still on course, my friend. You're still on course. So, uh, yes, please fire up. Fire up. Take. Yeah. Oh, you're muted, man. I said, yes, please fire that thing up. Is that the master cush that you're smoking there? Uh, No, this blue dream, but I can do master cush right here. Yeah. This master cush, some good stuff. The blue Whatever dream is good, good, man. For you. Yeah. <laughs> Master Kush. Yeah. That's why my name's the Kush Master, because I've got the crap Master Kush. No. Right. right. So I guess, is there any room for uh, yourself or uh, help from uh, Uncle Trip there to, you know, uh, take in take the lead and start uh, spreading some knowledge, maybe teaching some classes. I mean, is there any repercussions, you know, for, you know, kind of, I mean, man, you know, being a teacher activist, yeah. you know, that type of thing over there still. I mean, when uncle trip came back from California, you know, they have like a fucking, what do you call it? It's like a thing in the cannabis um city that I thought city town that Nimbin place <coughs> it's just after 420 it's actually the the start of the next month so not the 20th of April it's <coughs> excuse me it's a, always the first weekend of May <coughs> and the only reason that being is because like I said Australia has long flowering sativas and our flower cycle normally starts outdoors at about the i would say probably about the the first week of february if not the last week of uh january somewhere about there is when the natural flower flip will happen outdoors we're exactly six months the opposite two years in australia when you guys you know are fucking exactly six months when when you guys harvest, we're just fucking cracking seeds. When you know you guys are cracking seeds, we're just harvesting literally. Um, what was I just talking about, Eagle? I'm sorry. Is that it's that Master Kush, man? Holy moly! We're talking about kind of uh, the repercussions are getting people started. Uh, you were just talking about growth cycles, uh, basically <laughs> being opposite of ours. Yeah, so that place I was saying, uh, Nimbin down there, they have a thing every just after uh, 4.20 because the outdoor harvests aren't normally ready by then. So they extended it a bit after to like the first week of um, May is when whether we have our, not Mardi Gras, but Mardi Gras, it's called. So it's like a big 4.20 thing for fuck. It starts on the Friday and goes Friday, Saturday, Sunday, it's a three-day event and they have, they have like the hemp olympics and shit you know they have like a whole bong throw 
they have like Olympic games with all weed things. They have a growers run where they make an obstacle course and a growers got to run with two uh, five gallon buckets of water and fucking fertilizer through an obstacle course, you know, fucking through the bushes and shit. And they just, it's just all fun and games, you know, um, they have a blind fucking joint rolling thing. How many fucking ounces of weed can you hide in the, in your beard from the cops? <laughs> it's just bullshit like that. Who can roll the fastest joint fucking ounce joint or joint blindfolded? Um, it's just all stupid, but anyway, it's just, everyone goes down, the growers, everything, you know, you go down to sell all your shit. That's where I met that gentleman cog that I was telling you about with the seeds that the Australian's biggest. So cog there every year, he has like a fucking, they have tents and they have two arenas there and they run like seminars, especially since I came back from California, 2012 and shit, they run seminars and stuff. Not really back then, but especially the last three or four years, it's, it's slowly coming to like what your 20 years ago, cannabis conventions would have been, you know, just a few guys pulling in a couple of clear bag fucking seeds, you know, with, Nico pens riding on them, you know, SD for sour diesel or whatever, just fucking quick before the cops come. But it's it's not even that, man. Um, so it's it's a big thing. You just go down there, you get fucked up. There's literally about it's it's a small town. I think the town is I don't know how many people are in Nimbin. Maybe you could Google it. You don't have to, but I'm guessing it's just a few thousand that are down there in New South Wales, the population. But when they actually have the cannabis, and literally Nimbin town is just a literal quarter mile main street with just little hundred year old shops on each side in the middle of nowhere and just rolling hill landscape. It's a beautiful place. Um, and the street gets blocked off and literally you can't walk anywhere. It's just full of fucking people. So if you're going to Google search it, just Google like Nimbin Mardi Gras and type a year 2018 because the last two years have been shit because of COVID. And if you go to images, you'll probably see photos there. There'll be all the street packed and shit. Um, so, you know, people, the cog was down there and he was doing like an hour class every year on like a Sunday and he would teach how to grow because remember I told you he would do the big outdoor Mendo dope fucking grows down there. And if you ever watch his video, it's like a 30 or 40 minute video on YouTube. If you're ever high and got nothing to watch, you should watch it. Um, Eagle, it's called Cog, a grower's lot. Um, just for shits and giggles, you know, it's fun. Um, so yeah, he's down there, he's teaching. Um, there's been a few people down there that have actually started teaching how to make tinctures and bullshit like that, you know. Not me, because it's illegal, of course, but my Uncle Tripp, he went down there and he's very famous for being like the head honcho for the seed slinging down there. <laughs> so, yeah, Uncle Tripp is like a famous guy down there. And also when he came back from California, he pretty much just wiped the floor down there with their like cannabis cups, you know, just every he just put in entries and got first, second and third there. So, like I said, because <laughs> no one knows what the fuck they're doing. So, 
it's it's a good place, man, but still you, you'll just be fully disappointed with the cannabis that's down there. It's all just brown dog shit. The only time you'll ever find good weed down there is if it's come from a big city like Brisbane or Melbourne or Sydney. And that's only because it wasn't growing in the bush. It was growing inside someone's bedroom in a fucking Mars tent, you know, under HLG or something. That's watch YouTube. You know what I mean? That's how, that's unfortunately how it is in Australia. And that's hard to find, man. You know, it's, and all my friends that are fucking buying in the black market, they said that they've been paying up to $600 an ounce for an ounce of just hydroponic bullshit weed. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Um, so yeah, man, I just, I mean, and the other thing is, like, I was on a podcast the other day with uh, Bud, Buddy Kilowatt, and uh, Captain 420. And Captain was talking about uh, Thailand, you know, everyone knows the captain. And, man, like, Cap, uh, Thailand is going to make me fucking leave Australia and move to fucking Thailand, you know, because if they don't pull their shit out, their finger out of their ass here in Australia, Australian tourists, when we want when we want to go to somewhere that's cheap, we go to Thailand because Thailand is literally, I don't know about after COVID, but before COVID, it was literally, you could find airfares for $600 return to Thailand and back. And like, as Captain 420 was saying a couple nights ago, he pays like $290 for nine nights accommodation, you know, at that nice place we saw him on your show with the pool and everything. Um, so it's a fucking, you know, it's super cheap to go there. You can grow 10 plants, he was saying. So, and Australians, you know, we love weed. So I think, man, it's either two things are going to happen with this new legalization with uh, with uh, Thailand. I think either Australia is going to pull their finger out of their ass, the Australian government, is they're going to look at the money that they're losing on the you know, potential legalization side of it from the tax bullshit. And or the other thing is everyone's just going to fucking leave Australia, man, and go to Thailand, you know, like I'm ready to fucking do it. Like, yeah, I just got my med card, but okay. Maybe I wouldn't leave forever. I'd still, I, I own my house here. So I'd probably still have my house here, but I'd do like a captain 420, you know, I'd just be six months here, six months there, six months here, six months there. Or, you know, it's, yeah. But I, I think they'll probably will help to push uh, legalization in uh, Australia. The funny thing is, Eagle, in, uh, in Australia, all the politicians live, so we have seven states in Australia. We have Queensland, which is the top north east, and then right underneath it, we have New South Wales, and then underneath it, we have Victoria, and then in the southern center we have south australia and then all the west side of australia from north to south is western australia and then we have the northern territory in the center which is called northern territory and then we just got this tiny island down the bottom called tasmania so the fucking politicians live in this small capital i mean this small city which is called canberra and canberra is actually the city is the capital city of australia when you think Australia, you think, oh, the capital city will be Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane. They're the three biggest cities. Nope. It's Canberra, this little fucking place that no one's ever heard of, but that's where our 
parliament house is, which is like your White House. You know, it's just where all the faggot fucking, oh, excuse me, it's where all the stupid, uh, and I don't mean faggot in a homosexual way. I call my cat a faggot and it's a girl. You know, I just say, hey, you fucking faggot. Uh, <laughs> I just, yeah. Um, so um, uh, Parliament is in fucking uh, ACT in Canberra, Australian Capital Territory. And they have legalized three plants growing there to anyone. And no one lives there except politicians. You know, you know what I mean? So that's how fucking corrupt it is. Like, no, it, just regular bobs like me and you, there's not many of them down there. There's maybe like, you know, five, 6,000 people living in this town. The rest are literally all politicians. But the only place that weed is legal to cultivate and whatnot on a personal is that little fucking tiny capital city. Isn't that some fucking bullshit? Anywhere else, I'll throw you in a fucking cage. Yeah, just because the politicians are there. Yeah. And, yeah, so another thing, so what I was saying about this uh, event, the Mardi Gras that they have in um, New South Wales there, um, I met uh, many people there, a lot of people that were making tinctures and they were giving it to the sick. Um, I, I don't really want to say their names. They're super popular in Australia, but, you know, I just don't want to speak on their behalf or whatnot. But there was one guy, his name was Tony. Uh, he, was, uh, he was a man that has been arrested many times here. Um, and he was just literally, people were coming up to him and saying, look, my three-year-old has cancer. I heard that cannabis can heal the cancer, you know, and he would literally grow plants for this child. And he would get caught. He was kind of a man that didn't really, he was like an indigenous man, you know, like the first settlers of Canada. He was like Aboriginal, you know, from here. So he, I think he was like, a, he, I don't want to, every time I saw him, he had like a mobile camper van sort of thing, you know. And I think how he operated is he would just drive in the middle of nowhere, set up shop for four or five months. And he would fucking just set up a grow in the middle of nowhere and just, you know, someone's land just in the middle of thousands of acres of nothing you know and he would grow these plants cultivate them and then fucking make the he wouldn't make a thc oil like a 90 92 thc or cbd he would you know soak them in fucking isopropyl alcohol you know remember the old school tinctures we used to do back in 2008 2000 you know the old days the old isopropyl fucking glycerin bullshit but he was doing isopropyl or whatever and he was uh making these tinctures and stuff for children that were you know had fucking cancer epilepsy and he ended up getting on the news so many times he got busted with all these plants and he had the names tied on them when he got busted with the children's names you know and he tried to use that in court to say oh it's not for me i'm growing it for the kids anyway he kept going to jail um in and out he's a good guy man i liked him um i've met him a few times uncle trip bought a few uh, all of his genetics that he ever had to you know sell at this place he had some 
you know, pure indicas and whatnot, a anything Uncle Trip had a chance to buy, you know, genetics, he would buy him, even though he knew it was dog shit. He was just looking for that fucking one winner, you know, when you just have no hope in getting genetics, you just fucking pray that something will come up, you know, some some asshole fucking bought some Dutch packs or some Cali orange or something, you know, <laughs> give me some. Uh, so, yeah, and like Uncle Trip grew his genetics out, they were pretty fucking like better than anything Uncle Trip had grown before, you know, he went to Cali. So th this man, uh, this, uh, the Mardi Gras event is happens every year, you know, so I'd see the same people every year, this gentleman that would make the oil cog, you know, him and Uncle Trip would swap genetics, you know, would converse the next year how we did. Yeah, yeah, try this one, you know. He'd give him ge genetics, um, vice versa. Um, and as the years started passing, man, and I became better friends with this Tony guy, I would literally just stand next to him. And then he was a guy that was making the oil, the tincture. And uh, people just started fucking forming a line. And I was realizing, what the fuck's going on here? People just making, an, uh, you know, making a single file line. And I just sat next to him while he actually spoke to him. And they walked up, you know, and just started shaking their hand. Oh, Tony, uh, I got a bottle of your medicine last year for my daughter. You know, you fucking, she had epilepsy. It cured her epilepsy. She's never had epilepsy again. You know, I just want to shake your hand. Thank you very much. And I'm just looking like, Jesus Christ. And then she'd walk away, you know, in tears. The next person will come, mate, you fucking made some oil for my brother. You know, he had fucking cancer. He's, uh, you know, it's made him eat again from chemotherapy and, you know, he'd walk off to shake hands and then the next person, and man, the, the first year when I knew Tony, he'd have like seven people after the, you know, he, would, he was done slanging the seeds, you know, I'd just sit with him and just chat with him and people would come and say thank you for the medicine. And as the years passed on, man, he would have like fucking 40, 50, 60 people deep just waiting to fucking shake his hand, you know, and I'd just be like, and I'd sit and listen to all these stories and I'd be like, holy fuck, man. Um, yeah, and like even at the hemp embassy, the Nimbin hemp embassy, uh, I know all the people there very well. They know me very well, Uncle Trip very well. And then they have a book that's about this thick. I don't know if you can see it in camera. I'd say it's probably like an inch and a half, probably close to two inches. <coughs> and it's just, uh, I'm going to throw in a um, may or may not, they may or may not um you know uh dispatch uh medical oil from there but they have a fucking book that's about that thick and it's of uh testimonies of written testimonies of people of how the oil has helped you know their loved ones and you know do you, do you understand what i mean people that bought oil off them they'd write a fuck and i they literally said flick through it mate you know through the book and each fucking testimony is like a it's like a a it's like a children's exercise book size you know not an a4 size but literally every story is a half page or one and a half page it's not just like yeah mate oil's great work good you know it's like a life fucking heart felting story you know and there's just fucking, I don't know how many fucking stories are in there, man. 2,000, 3,000. And 
you just read that and then <laughs> the Australian government, man, still fucking doesn't even acknowledge that there's medical benefits to cannabis. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's fucking ridiculous. So, yeah. And like I said, I've always, when, when I first started, all my friends used to smoke cannabis. And like I said, I was into karate and shit back then like heavily into it you know i was like in the queensland team i was in the australian karate fucking national team so you know i was trying to fucking avoid the drug testers and shit when i got my black belt um and yeah man and and that's another thing like eventually you know i gave up on karate at about uh what i i started fuck when i was about eight years old doing karate and i think i probably stopped at about 20 four somewhere like somewhere between 22 25 um and then i did mma you know mixed martial arts um oh actually i lied before that i was just moving around going to i was trying to find i i did karate and i was like a black belt in karate i had my own school in karate and i was like a second dan black belt i was about to get my third dan grading whatnot and i just i UFC was around, you know, the UFC back then. I'm talking mid-90s now. The first UFC was in 1993. So, you know, this was at about the year 2000, I don't know, five. I sort of just really had enough of karate. You know, I wasn't really learning anything. I kind of knew it was bullshit, you know. Not bullshit, but it wasn't really a complete style. It was outdated and whatnot. So I always wanted to fucking try you know, mixed martial arts. I ha- And before I keep going, you pr- every time I talk about my martial arts, everyone always thinks of me as like, oh, some big fucking guy that just wants to, you know, must love fighting or whatnot, man. I fucking hate fighting. I hate fucking fighting. Um, I've never been in a street fight that I had to start. You know, it's always just been when people have attacked me. And even when people do want to fight me, I'll still talk my way out of it. You know, I'll buy him a drink or something, even though he looks like a librarian. And I know I'll beat his fucking ass. I just don't, you know, I'm not that guy, man. I don't have that shit in me. Um, But I just love training martial arts. When I, the reason being, I was born in Greece. I came to Australia when I was five years old. I didn't know the language. Um, I got bullied like fuck when I was young, you know, I used to get fucking hit, punched, you know, kicked at school all the fucking time. And one day I was just walking around, um, I left class and there was like a a wall, like a 90 degree wall. And I was walking towards it, a kid hit around the corner. And as I passed the wall, he fucking <laughs> clocked me right in the side of the face, you know. And I tried to, I, I don't know how old I was. I think I was in year three, four. I think I was about eight because that's when I said I did karate. I definitely did karate then. Um, No, it must have been less, two, three. Anyway, so no, it was in grade three this happened. Um, So the kid punched me. I was, you know, fucking my, I was trying not to cry, you know, holding back the tears. I didn't know what the fuck to do. And all I knew is, man, I never want to get fucking hit again. You know, I never want to get punched again. That fucking feeling sucked. So... I ended up watching Karate Kid, you know, everyone's seen fucking Karate Kid. And I just fell in love with Mr. Miyagi, you know, how he was all about honor and fucking, you know, it was all about defense, not offense. I just fucking loved, I don't know, some drew me into Karate Kid. So that's what made me go into the whole fucking karate. I just did a, and man, with me, anything I do in life, it doesn't matter if it's, 
you know, fucking gardening. It doesn't matter if it's martial arts. It doesn't matter if it's rebuilding sports cars. Whatever I do, I just fucking focus into it. Bodybuilding is another thing. When I choose to do it, everything is just on the back fucking burner and that's all I'm fucking worried about, you know. That's everyone calls me 100% or nothing, you know. I just fucking, I do it 100% or I'm not going to fucking do it at all. It's stupid, but I just like to just fucking see, you know. I don't know. Um, so what, what were we talking about? Oh, the martial arts. So then I got into MMA, and that, that, that was another thing I realized with cannabis, man, is with mixed, of course, with karate, you know, you're just fucking doing point karate. Do you know what point karate is? Have you ever seen a point spar, uh, not sparring, but a point ta- karate tournament? They hit. But the punches are sort of like, where's my hand? They're sort of like that, you know? It's not really, it's like semi-contact to the face and full contact to the body. And it's all, you know, recoil punches and uh, you can't kick full contact to the head. It has to be, you know, with recoil, no fucking, it's all bullshit. Um, so I, I want to you don't really get hurt doing karate. You know what I mean? You might get a few bumps and bruises on tournament day, you know, because in the black belt division anyway, and in the Australian team, that would allow you to, you know, give a bit more oomph because they knew the other person could handle it, you know, because they're a fucking trained fighter. Um, But there wasn't really much contact as compared to when I started training mixed martial arts, you know, MMA. So uh, when I came back man from california i was training mixed martial arts and literally after every single training session you're just destroyed like there's that i used to train six days a week and there was never one training session that i wasn't injured like i had a new injury you know even if it was some minute you go in monday night fucking you rolled your wrist you went in tuesday night someone got you in a kimura you know and you didn't tap in time and now your fucking shoulders fucked and of course it'll get better after two months but every week you're always carrying like two or three different injuries you know and just uh you know you know what jujitsu is um um eagle yeah so jujitsu is like uh it's like grappling um so when we would do jujitsu training and it was jiu-jitsu is a part of mixed martial arts but obviously mixed martial arts when you're on the ground it's a style of ground fighting there's actual punches you know so jiu-jitsu is literally just a japanese and the brazilian sports style of it so it's just pure grappling with no punching or strikes it's just the pure grappling and you're looking to make the other person give up or put them in a choke or a joint lock you know and make them submit So as you know, cannabis makes you fucking creative as fuck. So when I actually got good at jujitsu, man, I was pulling these moves out of my ass, you know, like, and I would just be like, holy fuck, how the fuck did I do that? You know? And then I realized, and that's another thing I've, I've smoked weed and trained martial arts every night of my life, except for, you know, those few times when I couldn't get access to it. But every night when I'd go to my karate school you know my sensei would look at me and he'd go mate your eyes are red as fuck and i'd go yeah don't worry about it you know (laughs) i just (laughs) i'd train and then i'd have to teach all the fucking you know other kids after coming up the new students um (laughs) so yeah i was always high as fuck man and i would fucking win 
you know, all tournaments and shit, just being high as fuck. I remember one time I went to a tournament and I didn't have weed. I fucking sucked. Like, I still won the tournament, but I fought like about 50% of what I normally fought, you know. I just felt like I was fucking, I don't know. And it was just because you didn't have that movement and that flow and, you know, just the relaxation just i trained with it every night you know so i was just when i was forced to fight like not high it was like being high for someone that's not high you know what i mean i was just like fuck this is different <laughs> this is what it's like to be straight you know <laughs> uh, yeah so it, it really enhanced my uh artistic side of like grappling and striking you know it just made me think of outside the box and just gave me just yeah and uh, like i said i've never been a fucking fighter man i've just always loved martial arts like uh it's i i've had um it saved my life once uh one time when i was coming back from high school i don't know if i was a black belt yet no i think i was like a brown belt then but it was like two in the morning and I was almost home. I was about 50 meters from my home and we we're coming back from some underage dance party under 18, you know, like a under 18s dance party thing. I caught the train. I was walking back and it was like somewhere between one and two in the morning. And I had a pair of Nikes on and these two Aboriginal guys said, uh, you know, give us your shoes, cunt. And I said, what? Yeah, I was pretty fucking hammered drunk, you know, what? He goes, give us your shoes. And I said, fuck you, dude. And, uh, you know, one of them pulled out a knife. And the knife was, you know, the blade was maybe that big. And what we learn in karate is, you know, if you stick your arm out and your leg out, the leg is always longer than the arm, you know. So I said, dude, I was fucking cocky as fuck. You know, I thought, if you want these shoes, man, you better fucking come get them off me. So he started, you know, pacing up towards me. And as soon as he did, I just fucking yeah, kicked him right in the fucking nuts, you know. <laughs> he, uh, and I stepped to the side, grabbed his the knife, whacked him with an elbow. You know, he just <laughs> dropped down. I looked at his mate and he goes, fuck this. He just fucking ran <laughs> off his friend, you know. And uh, when I was young, uh, <laughs> I probably shouldn't tell this part. No, I won't tell this part, man. It's bad. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's awkward <laughs> okay moving right along not fuck it i'm gonna say it anyway you know what just so motherfuckers learn i was taught when i was young if someone pulls a fucking weapon on you you stick that fucking weapon up their ass so <laughs> this dude pulled a knife on me i knocked him out clean you know he was there gurgling for two minutes so i fucking rolled him over on his stomach got the knife pulled his pants down and stuck the fucking handle end of the fucking. <laughs> I told you I should have said it. But yeah, yeah. I'll tell you another story. The same guy, they gave me the same advice. I showed him one time a headlock and I said, hey, man. Uh, oh, because he was. Because he was always telling me, hey, man, you jujitsu shit, man. I can get out of any move. And I said, fuck off, man. He goes, one time, man, he was a Central American guy. He was uh, from Nicaragua. You know, Nicaragua is like Central America. Oh, no, he's from Costa Rica, actually. His brother's from Nicaragua. And uh, so he had a real heavy accent. And he goes, one time, man, this guy got me in a headlock, man. 
And I go, yeah, what happened? He goes, I got these two fingers, man. <laughs> and I knew exactly what it was from there. He goes, he just let go, man. Oh! And I punched him right in the face, man. <laughs> so that was the same guy that gave me the advice of, man, if anyone ever pulls a knife, a weapon on you, man, you stick that weapon up their ass, man. So as soon as I knocked that guy out, you know, I was just gurgling. I'm thinking, what am I going to do? I can't call the cops. I just knocked this cut out, you know. And also my home is right there. I can literally see the fucking gate, you know. So I thought, well, I just literally thought of his voice, you know. Stick it up his ass. That's what I did. Um, so, yeah, man, it, martial, martial arts has saved my life. Um, so that's why I train martial arts, you know. I don't like to fucking fight. Even, even to this day, man, I get fucking, not anxiety, but I get scared, man. Fighting, even though I know I'll beat the shit out of fucking 99% of people out there, I'm still fucking scared because I, I know what the fucking happened in the fight. I've seen so many fucking knockouts right in front of me at training. I've never been knocked out, but... I've, I just, it's, it's not worth it, man. You know, fighting is fucking just a bad move all around, you know? Um, so I, I don't advocate it. It's just, like I said, it saved my life. And before anything else, gardening, bodybuilding, I was just one love was just trying to learn as much martial arts as I could. And I thought it, karate was the way. And then when I saw UFC, I thought, man, I've just been learning bullshit in karate, you know, just air punching and fucking, bullshit blocks you know <laughs> so yeah then i did the mma and i realized all right now we're actually fucking learning how to train you know but like i said i could only do that training man for 10 years i did mma and that fucked me like i was broken my body was fucking broken um which is another thing i i got injured when we were doing mma um and this would have been fuck what year was this I can't even remember, but we were, it was wrestling night and I just had to be, I we were just using, we had to get in groups of twos and we just had to be, one person was actually practicing the, the takedown and the other person was just standing there as a dummy, you know, being taken down. You'd do fucking 10 times and then the other person would change and the other person would try. And it was a, it was a, it's too hard to explain. I know you are in America, so I'll say it because you do wrestling in college there. Yeah? So it was like a single leg takedown into a high crutch. And from that, uh, you know, we were just practicing that single leg take, single leg um, takedown into a high crutch. And then you just lift them up. And a high crutch is pretty much this. And you grab it like in between their legs. You know, that's why it's called a high crutch. And you lift them up like that. So this guy was a Muay Thai fighter and he just came to the MMA gym and he was new. So he had never done wrestling and we were wearing groin guards and I don't know how the, and remember I wasn't allowed to fight back. I was just meant to be the dummy partner. So he did that move. I don't know how the fuck he did it, but he ended up must've getting his knuckle or something under my crutch, under my groin guard and like into the side of my nutsack. And then he lifted me up using like on that fucking knuckle and I just had these big pains, man. I was like, dude, dude, stop, stop. He, and he wasn't doing it right. And because I was like 40, 45 pounds heavier than him, he was just like doing like <clears throat> tug, tugging motions, like right into my nutsack with that muscle. And I was like, dude, dude, stop. I could just feel it filling up with blood. And I was like, oh, fuck. I could feel it swelling down there. I told the coach, man, I've got to go to the bathroom. Something's happened down there, you know. 
And I went to the fucking showers. I pulled off my fucking cup and I literally, my balls on the side, I had a swollen, like a hemoglobin the size of a mango, you know, from this dude's fucking knuckle. Yeah. So fuck, man. I told my coach, said, man, I'm fucked up, bro. And they were all laughed, you know, and they go, are you serious? I go, yeah, man. It's like the size of a fucking mango, dude. I go, I don't know what to do. Should I go to the fucking hospital? And they go, dude, you need to go to the fucking hospital. I go, you think so? They go, yeah, man. So I had this fucking Nissan, you know, sport car. I jumped in my fucking sport car and I drove to my local hospital. Training was about 45 minutes away. So I fucking jumped in my sport car, man. I was just fucking fanging it. I don't know how I didn't get pulled over by the cops anyway. I went to the local hospital. It was really bad anyway. So I ended up having to fucking wear these special underwear and shit. And as you can imagine, man, having a fucking hard, how can I even call it? It was like a big fucking lump, man, like a big lump the size of a, I don't know, like a fucking apple in, in the size on the side of your ball sack. You know, I had to have these special fucking underwear that would compression shit that would hold it up. It was a fucking disaster. And the doctors, I, I, I was going to have to wait for like 12 months to get it operated on, you know, till they could cut that fucking thing out because we got public fucking Medicare bullshit here. So even though it's free, you still got to wait like a piece of shit for 12 months or maybe longer. Um, so anyway, I, I was waiting, you know, I knew I was going to wait. I thought it'd be fucking three months, six months, not fucking 12 months. So I kept getting, going to the doctors, getting checked up, you know, after it first happened. Um, they told me there was nothing I could do. They wanted to give me fucking pain pills, all this bullshit. Um, excuse me. Um, so they wanted to give me all these pain pills. I turned it all down. Oh, and as soon as I came out of the hospital, I told my friend I was still high as fuck. You know, I just woke up from the operation, you know, when they cut it out. And I told my friend, dude, take me straight away, you know, from the, um, from the operation. I went straight to my friend's house, you know, that sold that fucking $400 an ounce bullshit hydroponic weed I was always getting. So I bought an ounce of that just to fucking medicate myself, you know. I knew I'm not going to take their fucking bullshit Oxycontin or whatever the fuck they gave me. So, and they gave it to me. They didn't give me a prescription. The hospital gave me fucking pills to take with me. So I said, no, fuck that. I went straight away on the way home. Whoop. On the way home, we went and got an ounce of, uh, you know, what's it called? Traditional market, market <laughs> medicine. Um yeah, we did that. And fuck, man, the, I never had a drama at all with the um, pain, you know, it fully just fucking took care of the pain. Of course, I could feel the pain, but it took 70% of it away, you know, where it would have been intolerable. And then here's where the magic happens, man. The doctors, I, you know, I'd keep having to go to the doctors. I'd go check out the size of the lump, you know, and they would just fucking say there's nothing we can do about it. there's nothing we can do about it just wait for the operation and i'll tell them you know cannabis would fucking the pain oh and they were shocked you know he goes how come you didn't take the oxycontin and i said man i'm not fucking taking that that's fucking heroin i know what the fuck that is and he goes yeah but mate you how'd you how'd you fucking pass how'd you get by without pain you know you would have been this is one of the most severe pain you would have had that you know that lump in your testicles and i said dude cannabis you know that's and he didn't want to fucking know anything about it 
Um, so then I got fucking thinking and I started thinking about that gentleman, you know, that started making all the oils and shit. Remember that I was telling you that I'm making up the line and waiting to shake his hand and shit. So I went fucking got my own fucking stuff. Oh, well, actually it wasn't me. Of course it was uh, uncle trip and uncle trip went and fucking made his own fucking tincture and man, uh, I put that oil on my nutsack literally fucking, I don't know, five, six times a day. And after, and I, and I started uh, using that oil after six months of uh, when the actual accident happened, you know, the swelling. So it never went down at all after six months. And then I put, not one, at all, not fucking one tiny bit. And that's when I was getting concerned. I thought slowly it'll start going down, you know, after a week. And even the doctor said, yeah, yeah, it'll start slowly going down. And you probably won't even need an operation. That's what the doctor said, you know, it'll probably just slowly go down after a few months. It didn't go down at all, man. Six months later, it was still the size of a fucking, you know, mango. Uh, so I thought, fuck this, you know, I made my own fucking tincture and I started putting it on my fucking, you know, area every day, five times a day, sometimes six times a day. I wouldn't wear underwear. I'd literally just sit at home, place a tail, you know, on the seat and I'd just smother my balls and just sit on the fucking tail when it get dry, just keep smothering, smothering, smothering. And man, in fucking one week, man. Yeah. Laugh if you will. Go and laugh at me. <laughs> Just imagine me sitting there rubbing my balls, going, ah, ah, and the noises that were coming too. Um, but man, in one week from that fucking oil that Uncle Trip made and I put down, the fucking swelling went down to 50%, man. 50 fucking percent in one week. And I was like, holy fuck, you know, like, and then I just kept going for it and it, and it did keep going down, but then eventually stopped going. But it eventually went to like about, I don't know, I want to say 75% of it went down. But I did get the operation at the end because in the end it was like the size of, of a third testicle, you know, and it was like hard, like a third testicle. felt like I had three balls. And even the doctor said, oh, man, I wouldn't worry about it. And I said, no, man, every chick's going to think I'm a freak and I've got three balls. So they cut that shit. <laughs> so, yeah, they cut the lump out. It was all good. And what was funny is when another side fucking story is when he, before I went in for the operation, the doctor said, oh, well, there's going to be like a 16% chance that you might lose a testicle from the operation. And I said, 16%? And he goes, yeah. I go, who's doing the fucking operation? Ronald McDonald? <laughs> he just fucking got pissed <laughs> I go, how do you get that number? Not fucking 14, not fucking 17. It's 16%. Like, what the fuck is this, dude? Like, get your shit together. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, man, I've, I've noticed that so many times, you know, cannabis being so healing. So, like I said, I'm sorry for going in all fucking directions you know, with the martial arts and everything, but eventually they all lead back to one, you know, with the balls and, <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing, man, was my wife. So my wife, she's Japanese, um, and her mother and father died of cancer about, God, we got married in 2015. So her mum died in 2016 and she just came from Japan here to be with me, you know. So we were here married for one year and, uh, of course, we were together beforehand, but I'd fly there for a few months. She would fly here, that bullshit, you know, that was going on for years. 
Um, so once her mother had cancer for fucking years and I couldn't fucking send her cannabis because, you know, you're fully fucking illegal in Japan. So I was looking for other alternatives, you know, I'm sure everyone on the sea, uh, on the channel and you have heard about fucking apricot seeds and all that other bullshit, you know, how they say it kills cancer, all that. It didn't. I fucking sent her like fucking, I don't know, 14 pounds of fucking, um, apricot seeds you know she i was making a border blender and shit poor lady that's probably what killed her eating all apricot no i'm only joking but she had cancer and um you know we were just trying to get a fucking something you know she was really uh decaying fast when i first fucking met her so anyway we got married and a year later her fucking mum dies my wife so and of course her mum and her dad died so with my wife, you know, she obviously cancer is fucking genetic in her fucking phenome, you know, in her genetic makeup. So she's like an autoflower, pretty bad genetics, you know. <laughs> um, the, yeah, that's for you, Major Otto. Um, so yeah, she, uh, so the mum got fucking cancer. Uh, my missus left. She went back to Japan, you know, went to the funeral. Not she got cancer, sorry, she died. And my missus, you know, suddenly had to leave here, went to fucking Japan for the funeral and everything, you know. And she was fine when she left here. And then when she fucking came back, she came back and she had a big fucking growth on her fucking face. Like the same thing that happened on my balls, you know, she just had this big fucking swelling fucking thing. It was like about the size of this mouse, man. I don't know if you can see it. It was pretty fucking big on her face, you know, huge. And as, as soon as she came, she, so she went to Japan for three months. I mean, three weeks. When she left, she was fine. And then, you know, obviously the stress from seeing her mom and everything and all the bullshit, she fucking just had this fucking tumor spurt out on her fucking face, you know? So came back, we went straight away to the doctors. The doctor said, yeah, but it's fucking cancer or a benign tumor. You know, they started freaking out. Chemotherapy, they were saying all this shit. I said to, I said to her, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's put this fucking oil on, you know? Let's not fucking jump into anything. I go, I got fucking faith in this shit. Let's just put this fucking oil on. It's fucking huge fucking thing on her face, man. Beautiful Japanese girl, you know. I'm not meant to have a big fucking thing on her face. Anyway, so I'm basting her like a fucking chicken, man. I'm just fucking basting this fucking thing on her face. You know, every hour she'd walk past, I go, come here, fucking, you know, basting her fucking face. <laughs> She's getting pissed. And it was fucking, uh, what was it? It was grapeseed oil based. Uncle Trip had just put fucking buds covered in a in a little glass jar, double boiled them in grapeseed oil, put a few hunks of chat, uh, fucking uh, hash in there, you know, and just put just enough grapeseed oil to cover the fucking uh, buds and just let it fucking slow cook on a double boiler there for two, three hours. Anyway, so I'm basing it with a fucking chicken, man, for about, honestly, six times, I would say sometimes even 15 times a day, I was just fucking basting her. As soon as it dried, basting her. She had fucking cancer at this point, you know, that's what the doctors told us. 
Anyway, about fucking four or five days go past, man. I can see it. It's fucking started to open up. You know, when you first start pop a pimple and just that little first bit of white pus just comes out and it's like a turtle head poking, you know? That's what happened on this big fucking lump, man. Exactly right at the center of the peak. I don't know what the fuck it was, but it just fucking like it was like a pinhead sort of pop, you know, and it just started oozing. And I said, what the fuck is that? I said, it's it's going to fucking burst, you know, from the fucking oil being put on it. So I grabbed the fucking phone, I video recorded, and she went in front of the fucking camera, man. She fucking went to pop it. Dude, so much shit came out of this fucking thing, man. Just green. The smell was fucking disgusting. Yeah, and uh, we just kept fucking basting it, man, and it just went went away, you know, with the cannabis oil. We never went to no chemotherapy, no fucking nothing, yeah. And then her fucking dad died of cancer, like, straight after the mother died. The dad was so involved with looking after the mum when she was sick. Six months after she died, he fucking died, and he didn't even know he had cancer till after she died. He got diagnosed. You know, he was too busy looking after her. So, yeah, it was really fucking sad, man. So now, you know, because I know cancer runs in her genetic, um, I just get fucking allegedly Uncle Trip to fucking just give her a few fucking pinheads of fucking hash every week to eat, you know. She doesn't smoke weed. She doesn't, you know, she's never been a smoker of weed. When we first got married, she, you know, wanted to try and press me and said, yeah, I'll get high with you. She just got high and... You know, she had some of the California's finest and just fucking spent three days in the bed. So <laughs> that was her last time smoking, but she's seen the miracles it's done, you know. So, man, am I talking too much? Not really, yeah, no. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've watched, I've watched every fucking show, so I should know <laughs> if I'm talking too much, yeah. Um, yeah, so... She's all for it, man. Um, like I said, she doesn't smoke it. She's got no interest in smoking it, you know. She's just typical Japanese. And I told her, will you ever help Uncle Trip? Uh, and she said, only if it's ever legalized, you know. She'll help Uncle Trip start a fucking legal grow or fucking dispensary. That's a dream here and yeah going back to the mardi gras thing man like i said that cog guy he does uh seminars not seminars but he does like a 30 minute talk or a four one hour talk just about growing you know at that mardi gras fucking event and the last four or five years there's been a few people talking about terpenes and how to make your own uh, you know tincture um, and there's been a few people that are actually, you know, making hempcrete and things like that, you know, just educating, giving out pamphlets and things. So, yeah, man, I don't know. Just, just if legalization shit happens here, I would like to think I'll be on the front leading most experienced person out here, you know, because no one really fucking knows what the, so Hopefully, man, if legalization happens, I can try and get some education and at least bring the right people over to educate the government. Because like I said, the doctors don't even know what the fuck they're prescribing to them. It's just a big fucking money grab, you know? They don't even know what a fucking terpene is. So go figure. That's a, that's a specialist you have to see to get your fucking med card. 
Yeah. All right. And another thing my friend said, the one with the multiple sclerosis, when he had the initial, it wasn't even a Zoom chat. It was meant to be a Zoom chat with a doctor to get his med card. It just ended up being a phone call chat. And he said, honestly, man, the doctor sounded like a 12-year-old. Everything was like, yeah, man, so I'll get you the cush, man. It's fucking 25%, man. And he's thinking like, fucking hell, man. He sounds like a fucking, you know, like a 12-year-old fucking hippie, you know, dealing weed from his mother's garage or something. Yeah, so it's kind of fucking sad in that way, man. And like I said, it took weeks for me to get my order. And I was saying to my friend, this guy that I was telling you about, too fucking bad if, you know, if it was someone that had no fucking access to any cannabis, you know, that'd be fucked. You're sitting there, you're looking forward, you finally got your fucking med card approved. You jump through all these fucking hoops and fucking red flags. And then, yeah, yeah, here's, we'll take your money. By the way, fucking wait a few months. We don't have enough weed, <laughs> but thanks for your money. So, yeah. And then when you get it, it's just a big ball of fucking PGR anyway. So, yeah. I don't know, man. Was it ever that bad in fucking... Have you been in um, in uh, Michigan all your life? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I've right. always lived, you know, resident of Michigan here. Been a little traveling outside of the states, but I've always called Michigan home. Right. I know Michigan got pretty fucking not well, I don't know shit, but I know they got on the map probably about 2015-16 with a growing, you know, compared to Cali and shit. But back in the 90s, were they really hush hush about growing, or was it kind of semi okay here, or it wasn't no? no, you were real hush hush still in the 90s. There was still quite a heavy penalty for growing in the 90s. We didn't right. uh, experience uh, legal cannabis or, you know, medical cannabis here until 2000, late 2007 or early 2008. The first uh, medical licenses were released here. So that was when, you know, few few started raising their hands and you know started helping out but uh yeah it was yeah 2007 when you could really people were that was the only way and at that point no dispensaries no uh dispos whatever you wanted to call them at that point they left it up to you to produce your own cannabis and then you had to wait um two months at least like you were saying to get you actually a physical card it was about right, right. around uh, late 2008 we actually started getting some cannabis in the dispos and we were able to purchase it right. so, got a little bit of good time here and some quasi legal cannabis in Michigan but you've stated so many good reasons to Stay and fight the fight and be the gentleman. That's why I asked. You know what I mean? If there was any room for activism there, rather than, you know, uh, go to a foreign country and, you know, help, <laughs> help, yeah. uh, you know, another country bloom, uh, why not stay and fight for your own, you know, the, the, the sick and the people that can't necessarily help themselves. Uh, yeah, it's all good reason to stay and do what you do and now i, I kind of wonder too I, you know i've heard you kind of mention the goal 
either may possibly move there. It is kind of, from what I gather, you know, cheap or cheaper to kind of live there. But is it, on the other hand, though, I mean, if you were a full-time resident there, I mean, is it dollar for dollar? Could you actually produce that? You know what I mean? What's it actually take to earn that $200 there? You know, basically, yeah. I mean, the do- the value in the dollars bringing it there, right? Not necessarily mm. producing the income there, right? Yeah, yeah. That's why it'd be cool to be like six months here, six months there, you know? Just fucking work here for six months and then blow it there for six months. Who knows? <laughs> but, yeah. Um, yeah, no, like... It'd, it'd be good, man. Yeah. He's got that death style yeah, there, but, too. He's not fucking around, yeah. Captain 420. Right in, right in. Yeah. So, um, uh, so yeah, yeah. go, go, go. We were, I was just getting ready to talk about the power oils and stuff, man. I'm glad to, that, uh, yeah, they came into your life and stuff. Uh, as far as like the balls go, there, uh, yeah, man. I, didn't, I didn't know if I should talk about it, but I thought, man, it's a part of my story, you know. Yeah, I still got heaps more, but yeah, I don't know how many hours we got, but <laughs> it's we, a big fucking story. Two, dude. We've still got, uh, let's see here, 235, two hours and 35. Yeah, minutes I, I left know, but I, I, I wanted to leave it. I wanted the weed nerd world to, you know, get the guys to jump on and shit. I don't want to take up the whole night, man. I mean, whatever you want, but I, you know, I like seeing all. It's the your night, brother. Your story. We like to get to know. You know, we don't get to see. It's a nice yeah, porthole into your side yeah. of the world. You know what I mean? What what your journey has been? You know, and our uncle trips and yours yeah. and uncle trips journey. You know what yeah. I mean? So. Oh. Yeah, no, it's yeah. good. I, I, fuck, man, it's, it's, I, that's how I got to know so many people on your show, you know, like Captain and fucking Buddy Kilowatt, uh, you know. I feel like I know him personally just from the fucking Spotlight show, you know. Fucking right. Buddy had a great story. Captain had a great fucking story, you know. When, this uh, has been a great story it? so far. A lot of people said yeah. good things in chat so far. So they're absolutely enjoying your journey so far. Yeah. Oh, that's good, man. I was worried it was going to be a flop, but no, that's cool. No, um, no, no, no. Yeah. Um, so we said the fucking martial arts injuries uh, made me more creative. Uh, yeah, I was in California for years. So now we'll talk to kind of the recent parts is fucking I've never been in trouble with the law for fucking weed, but I ride like a fucking it's not a Harley, but it looks like a fucking Harley. It's a Suzuki Boulevard. It's like a big fucking cruiser Harley looking thing like a fat boy, you know, fat boys. So I ride that fucking thing. And of course, before any dramas with the cops, I'm high as fuck 24-7, you know? So I got fucking, they did a fucking roadside licky stick, you know, the drug test bullshit. So I came up positive to one of them, I don't know, about three fucking months ago. Had to go back in the fucking cop car, you know, fucking back to the cop station. They did a secondary test, lost my fucking license, went to court, lost it for one month. 
And uh, and then I fucking, you know, was waiting to go to court and I only lost my license for 24 hours because, you know, I had cannabis in my system. So three weeks went later, I got fucking, they, I was in the system then, you know, in, in the cop's fucking system. So the next cop that drove past me fucking did a big fucking, you know, chase down and fucking put on his lights. First thing they did is fucking we're doing the drug test. So I was like, God damn, I was literally just pulling fucking 40 cans at my fucking friend's place, you know? <laughs> okay, yeah, here we go. So if I can come up positive on that fucking thing, back to the police station. Uh, now I've got another fucking court case. You know, it's going to be a three-month loss. I thought, well, fuck you guys, man. You know, I'm, why am I? They took me down the fucking cop shop. You know, I got fucking fingerprinted, got my fuck. Oh, and I had a possession charge both times because each time I had a pipe and literally the first time I got picked up, I had a little fucking container. Let me grab this. I had a little fucking container like this, a Tupperware container, and I would have had fuck all weed, man, probably like this much fucking weed in there, enough for two bong rips. You know, you can see that, can't you? Whoop, I just dropped yeah. it. There's literally two bong rips of weed. Now it's on the floor. Um, <clears throat> so that was the first time. So... <laughs> um, I, I didn't fucking tell the cops, you know, when I got pulled up the first time on the motorbike and both times were like midnight, you know, driving in the heart of the city. Um, so the first time I just came up positive on the fucking leaky stick, but he didn't fucking search me. And I had in my bum bag, you know, the weed and the pipe. And we had that fucking gelato, which was fucking, you know, when Uncle Tripp fucking brings it out from across the room, everyone's like, what the fuck is that? You know, no one has even, in Australia, even when you open the bag and put your nose to the weed, you can't get a smell. So people get their fucking socks knocked off when you just walk in the room, you know, and people are like, holy fuck, man, I can smell that here. And Uncle Tripp's got a sealed bag, you know. So uh, what were we just talking about, man? I'm fucking medicated. Sorry, bro. I've got to have another one. What was I just talking about? This is a common thing, <laughs> if you haven't noticed. What was I talking about, dude? No problem. You don't even know. We, uh, you, had me you, out. You, you've squirreled Help me a little out, bit. You were, you were talking about... Uh, oh, the police, the police. The police. The police. There yeah, we yeah. go. So I only had two fucking, I had that little canister and, oh, so I, I got done by the roadside bullshit. They put me in the back of a cop car and then I fucking, I got taken into this fucking little room where they had a secondary, more sophisticated fucking drug machine that can really determine, you know, if it's in the, cause the roadside is just like a, not as accurate bullshit. So anyway, I did the second one, came up positive on the second, you know, primary test, whatever the fuck. And he's fucking, and I realized I left my fucking key on my motorbike still in the fucking ignition on the bike. And I was like, oh, fuck. And I'm fucking going, oh, fuck. I'm feeling my pockets and the cops in front of me, you know, questioning me, fucking all the bullshit. He's got my weed. I mean, he doesn't have my weed yet. He's just fucking writing me out a citation for, you know, drunk, drug driving. And I'm fucking, as he's fucking asking me all these questions and shit, I'm feeling my pockets going, where the fuck is my key? Where the fuck's my bike key? And I'm thinking, oh, man, did I lose it? Did I leave it in the ignition? 
And I'm thinking, oh, fuck, some cunt's going to steal my bike. You know, it's a nice fucking bike, man. <laughs> I'm thinking, man, some cunt's going to steal my bike. It's fucking Friday night. It's in the middle of the town, just parked right in the fucking car park spot, you know, the fucking ignition keys. And I'm thinking, oh, fuck, 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 right in front of the nightclubs, you know, the pubs. So I start unzipping my fucking bum bag. And I literally, like I said, I had my weed in that little white Tupperware bullshit you saw, you know. So it's fucking airtight. And I didn't even open the pocket that had the weed and it only had two bong rips, two small bong rips of weed in there. It was already chopped up gelato. And uh, so I opened another pocket, not even that one. And the cop goes, ah, mate, I guess I can fucking smell it from here. He goes, that's how you got, that's how you did yourself. He goes, your weed was too fucking good. He goes, you got fucking caught out because your weed was too good. Anyway, so he pat me down, grabbed my pipe, grabbed my weed, and he had it about like, I don't know, a foot from his face. And it's literally, man, two fucking cones, like this much weed. There was fuck all weed, right? So he opens a canister and it was fucking, what was it? Girl Scout cookies. What did I say? Gelato. Sorry, it was Girl Scout cookies. And man, this Girl Scout cookies, Uncle Trip's Girl Scout cookies, man, it is some heavy hitting shit. It just smells like straight gas. It's fucking, you know, it's it's the Lord's work. It's really fucking strong. I, apparently it's 30%. That's what they claim. I would say it's probably like 27, something like that from my experience. Anyway, the fucking cop opens the Tupperware and he goes, Dad, it's burning me eyes. <laughs> he fucking puts it down. He starts holding his eyes. It's burning me fucking eyes. He starts fucking swearing like a sailor. You know, like potty mouth. He goes, mate, that's the best. He goes, I've been in the fucking narcotics division here for 35 years. That's the best fucking dope I've ever fucking seen in my life. Where the fuck did you get that? And I said, yeah, mate, they really know how to grow that weed down there in Nimbin, don't they? And he goes, fucking obviously they do. Oh, it was Uncle Trips, of course, you know. But <laughs> and I'm fucking trying not to fucking, you know, just piss my pants. And then when I told my mates and they're all buying Uncle Trips, Girl Scout cookies. The next time I see them, I rocked up to their house. You know, I told them the story about it's burning me eyes. So I rocked up at my, at my mate's house. They're having a barbecue out the back. I rode the bike down the side driveway to the backyard, and they're all at the back man shed. You know, they got the shed open. They're doing bong rips, playing darts. I get off the bike. I didn't know what the fuck was happening. It was literally the next day after it's burning me eyes when I got my license back. So I went to their, my mate's house there at the back. I fucking switch off the ignition of the bike, start taking my helmet out. And my mate starts walking up towards me with a fucking bong packed full of weed. And he's got like fucking hot, uh, construction workers, clear safety glasses on. I go, what are you doing? He goes, so you don't burn your fucking eyes. <laughs> so that's like a fucking local thing now, you know? And we're thinking about renaming it something like Police Eyeburn OG or something. I don't know. <laughs> so, yeah, that was fucking funny. And then I got, sorry. Uh, I was just going to say that's kind of, that's super funny. I mean, if he's a regular, I mean, you've kind of uh, pulled his kryptonite, haven't you? I mean, at, yeah. at any point, if uh, need be, you could always carry a larger sack of it and be like okay yeah, I, I just wanted, open it up and dump it in front of him run boys uh, <laughs> why, he's, 
I wanted to get a certificate. You can scare you, is what I'm saying. I wanted to get a certificate saying official police fucking voted number one weed by Australian police. (laughs) Best shit ever. Uncle Trip would like that. Certified. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, that's good road claiming rights for sure. That's funny. Yeah. That is funny. Yeah, fucking hilarious. Congrats yeah, so to trip on that, man. That's that's he funny. learned your everything downfall. from sub, man. Yeah, yeah. Jesus, so. your downfall was your good growing, your good having too good a cannabis. Yeah, yeah that's that's how you got caught out. The cop says your fucking weed was too good, mate. Yeah, and man, I I just wanted to fucking ask, dude, can I get a certificate saying that you know best weed? You just had. I just wanted to put someone on the wall in Uncle Tripp's fucking house. Give me a present. So, yeah, I don't really know if I've, I'm sure I've left some fucking bits and bobs out. But yeah, that's a most gist of my story, I want to say. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Is there anything chat wants to ask or I don't know anything you want to ask me, Eagle? I don't know, man. But I was really well, nervous I, at the start, man. So sorry I took a bit to start. I could tell in my voice I was all shaky and shit. Um, yeah. But like I said, I don't do this internet thing. I've watched every one of your shows, man. Every night I'm like fucking Eagle show. I'm just hitting refresh on YouTube. Come on. Come on. When are we live? You know? Hello, I'm Eagle, Eagle Gardens, Eagle Gardens One on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. So, hell yeah, I had, well, initially I had some questions about the, the martial art or the karate. I mean, uh, yeah. but you did kind of cover that a little bit, though. <laughs> I mean, did it, I mean, because you, you, what? You said you quit at uh, around 24, but you kind of, you know, discovered, you know, or smoked canvas around, what was it, 17 or 20? And you, uh, Mm. you you fuckers lied to me about it. So did, did you find uh, cannabis, uh, you know, because a lot of, I've heard a lot of athletes, not myself, uh, say the draw was they didn't want to hinder their performance but uh you know focus is a big part of, of karate uh so did you find that cannabis actually kind of was an aid you i mean you said a little bit during training there but uh you know did you notice a uh, a good training partner of a quality you know input as far as being an athlete goes um, I mean, for me, like I said, every I train karate six nights a week, even the MMA six nights a week. So I can't really remember one training night when I never got fucking bent right before, especially MMA. I'd get high before I drove to training. It'd be a 45-minute ride. I'd smoke up in the fucking car park, you know, um, all all the Brazilians, you know, from Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu would be smoking weed. It's just their custom. And that's how they're so good at Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, 
but because I trained it every day, it was an aid to me because that's how I learned it, you know, under those situations, under the influence of cannabis, under the relaxation and, you know, in that mindset where I think is if it was someone that had never smoked cannabis before and you gave them fucking weed and said, here, go fight in this tournament, of course, they ain't going to do too good, you know. Um, but yeah, man, um, it, it helped me a lot with, yeah, just relaxing and also recovery, recovery from injuries and just recovery from sleep. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's about it, yeah. Gorski in chat has a, a great question. Sure, I kind of wondered it my, a little bit myself. He says, uh, so are the indigenous people holding it back from becoming legal? And no, uh, second, like a follow-up to that is uh, when it becomes legal, are they <laughs> going to have some of the best weed known to man? <laughs> Absolutely not, no. No, they are uh, not being disrespectful, but the indigenous people here, they're actually the... Uh, the longest, the oldest civilization of the modern, of the active civilizations that are alive today, the Australian Aboriginals. I don't know how long they've fucking been here for, 200,000 years, I think, 400,000 years. You have to Google search it, but I know 100% they're the oldest fucking people on earth, you know. I think even before, I don't fucking know, that are still alive, some bullshit like that. They're really fucking old. And anyway, so in that 200,000 or 400,000 years, they never learned how to cultivate, uh, not cannabis, anything. They never learned how to grow a potato. They, they were literally, they would pick uh, like witchetty grubs. Have you ever heard of witchetty grubs? They're like a big fucking grub the size of your finger. And you, when you bite them, they just pop into a big pus. You know, that's what they'd eat. They're just like grubs, that, yeah. Worms, I'd literally just eat worms and fucking, you know, they'd chase down a kangaroo or something. Um, they were hunters. They weren't farmers. They they never made a wheel. They, yeah. So they weren't the most uh, technological people, the Australian native people, yeah. And they lived like that for a long time. And then when the white man came from England, you know, with the convicts, they introduced the alcohol. And that just totally fucked them. Like that's the Aboriginals' biggest problem. It's kind of like with the Native Americans, you know, how they all drink because it's it wasn't in their culture and it got introduced. It's much worse here. Yeah, it's much, much worse. Like every, I don't even want to speak bad on it, but it's very, very bad. Um, but yeah, man, that's, that's just how they were. I guess they just never learned that, you know, and then the white man came and just changed their world for them. So no, it's it's not going to be held back by the natives. Um, who asked that? Groski, did you say? Yeah, no, not at all. Yeah, it was a good question. I thought. Yeah. Yeah. So, do you think legal cannabis will help that problem? I mean, necessarily, <laughs> I, alcohol can be, you know, very tragic uh when it hits a community as you pointed out and yeah. uh, but do you think a, a legal cannabis could uh you know help straighten the problem out so i mean there's you know 
Apples to apples, I would much rather see somebody smoke cannabis any day. Uh, yeah. Any day. So, I don't know. Yeah, but I mean, Eagle, it's pretty sad than that. Like the indigenous people, they're known for like chroming, you know, with the spray cans and huffing petrol and shit like that. It's like that sort of stage, you know, it's not. Yeah. And when they drink, it's not like they'll go buy a bottle of, you know, Jack Daniels. They're going to go buy a four liter, eight dollar cheap wine, nasty, you know, just get fully fucked up. Um, it's yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know if that will ever be a thing. I mean, the Australian government gives them brand new houses in some areas and they just end up tearing the fucking house apart and just throwing the roof sheeting in the backyard and they'll sleep under the roof sheeting. Like, just bizarre shit like that. And just from the alcohol, they'll destroy the whole fucking house. Like a brand new house just got built for them, for free, given, you know, whole suburbs because of the indigenous. Yeah, that's happened in my state. Um, yeah. I, I don't think so, man. But as far as just the regular, most, not, not just isolating the Indigenous, I think just as a whole of Australians, I think they're just very undereducated about the things of cannabis. And when I speak to people, like just your regular Joe Blows, not people that go to Mardi Gras or anything or have anyone that has sick that uses cannabis just most people just think of you like you're just full of shit when you tell them you know yeah my friend's kid was having fucking 80 seizures a week tried cannabis once never had a seizure ever again you know they just look at you like fuck off and you're like dude fucking google it you'll see there's fucking thousands of testimonies you know and I and another thing, man, is Trip. You know, my uncle Trip. Of course, he got inspired by seeing the gentleman that made the oil. So he started making his own oil, man. And Uncle Trip has fucking made oil, and he's learnt from Subcool, just like I learnt from Subcool. Where his early videos, he would make oil, and he'd always fucking say, "If anyone's sick, you give this shit out for free." You know, you give them buds. You remember, he would fucking do his outdoor charity grow. He would fucking give all the sales and go around in that fucking car and give them, you know, Target and shit and give them to mothers with children before Christmas. You know, you remember those days? And shit like that inspired me, man. So I thought, fuck it, yeah. And the oil that we were getting from Mimbin and stuff, it was like $300 for 50 mils, you know? And it was just dog shit. Like, it worked, but it wasn't very good quality, you know? So Uncle Tripp took it upon himself, man, to just make as much fucking oil as he could from all his trim and popcorn buds, you know? He'd make it all fucking oil. And anyone, anytime he found out someone was sick, he would just give them oil for free and say, anytime you need more, just let me know. And I've been with Uncle Tripp, man, and he's given it to... I don't want to fucking overinflate the numbers, but I can say definitely more than 150 people with a whole range of all different sorts of ailments and whatnot. And the only time the cannabis oil never worked on someone was only on one person. And that person was because his disc was out from his back, not, you know, it was fully dislocated. His disc was out. And he said, oh man, I've got back pains. So Uncle Tripp gave him some oil. And he said, nah, man, didn't do shit. 
And Uncle Tripp said, what's wrong with your back, man? What do you have wrong? Nerve pain? He goes, no, my disc is actually bulging out. And he said, dickhead, you need to go to a fucking, you need to go to the doctor, man. The cannabis oil ain't going to fucking, you know, fix you. So over, uh, it's probably closer to the 300 people that Uncle Tripp's given oil to for different reasons, you know. And that's the only time he's ever got feedback and he's always received feedback every time from each person. And they've always said, mate, fucking amazing. You know, they want to shake his hand. That was the only time when he said, one person said, no, it didn't work. And like I said, the guy's disc was fully out, you know. So, of course, it's not going to fucking work for that. So, yeah, man, I've seen it fucking firsthand, you know. It's just fucking amazing. And the funny thing is when I went to court, cause I had my first court case for the drunk driving, you know, the drunk driving, the drug driving, I don't drink. So, and, uh, right before the fucking court and everything finished, you know, the fucking uh, judge said to me, do you have any final words that you want to say? I said, yep. I said, what's happened here is absolute, uh, bullshit. And I said, this plan is a hundred, this is in a fucking, you know, <laughs> court it's me speaking to the judge and uh i go and the only crime that's happened here today is the law and and the judge goes excuse me and i said you heard me and he goes i'll keep that in mind <laughs> and that was the end of the court case i was thinking like fuck i thought he was gonna fucking slap me or something because he goes excuse me and i doubled down i thought fuck it i said you heard me and he goes i'll keep that in mind i can't remember if he said i'll keep that in mind or i'll write that down and that was the end of the court case so yeah. And then oh, and then the cops wanted to interview me, you know, at the cop station. And I said, man, you can interview me, but the whole fucking, it's, I'll tell you now, it's just going to be a two-hour interview. And the whole interview is just going to be me talking about the corruption of cannabis and the fucking all the healing medical properties of it. And, you know, uh, history on fucking everything, you know, about cannabis. And he said, ah, we're not going to do the interview. So that was good. <laughs> yeah and yeah man i met sub fucking when i was in california so that was fucking awesome um you know i bought beans off him allegedly back in the day overgrown days you know back in the old dial-up internet fucking things um yeah no it's Man, what, what style are you on? Are you, you're at the new place now, aren't you? No? Oh, you're still in uh, transition yeah. land or something? Yeah. All right, so you're just keeping it all on a minimal, huh? It's not full bore. Yeah. Fuck, no, no, I wish. I had to just throw some seeds down just to have something, you know what I mean? I, it's in blood. I can't have anything yeah. at this point, man. I'd rather grow something. Sneak it at home if I need to. Throw it outside. There's still time, you know. But I just the thought of no plants. Just the thought of no gives me anxiety. <laughs> yes, yes, it does, brother. <laughs> really, yes, it, it does. Fucking does I'm like, man. oh fuck. Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a tough reality to deal with. That's for sure. But yeah, I, I'm down to the minimal in soil. I just I count them out the other night, man. Even even I called it down. I had it down to four. 
You know what I mean? I was sitting on four strains. I'm already back up to 13. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Good on you, man. You got them. Why not use them? So we still got time for a weed node world, man, or we run too late for one? No, we're still good. We're still good. You know, right. I want to say this, though. I think fucking... You, I've heard tons of stories of sub how he got seeds back and forth you know he used to put them in the seam of his coat and zippers and yeah. shit like that he'd been I proud to know act. yeah you keistered his seeds okay <laughs> 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 oh cheers to you brother cheers to you and uh you cheers to uncle trip man they've gave up yeah. big props for you know everything that he's done and uh, his part in the story, you know I could kind of uh, go down that that journey, but it's hard to distinguish. You know what I mean? It's hard to ask good questions when I'm talking to two different people. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll have to leave some. We'll have to see leave some for another time and kind of get to know you yourself a little better yeah just not on the spotlight so, man i'll bring uncle trip right i'll bring on. like a sock puppet <laughs> i got you I got, I got. <laughs> yeah I but got uh yeah man i i mean i could so, just keep talking but then i'll just be rambling about bullshit i guess i guess i got most of my that's my fucking story i don't think i left anything I don't know. Well, you know fuck, better man. than anybody. <laughs> you know better yeah. than anybody if you've left anything out. Um, yeah. So I guess, you know, you did talk about you, you, the misses and the, the facial issue. So in the cultivation side of it, did that uh, change her attitude about like possibly helping? Someday yeah. in the future, if legality is, did, did it more drive the home, the point of yeah, uh, yeah. the healing power? Yeah, again. 100%. Like, she's all for cannabis, just she doesn't want any part of it until it's legal in this house, you know? So I've got to fucking, she doesn't, you know, she doesn't want to help Uncle fucking uh, trip trim or fucking, you know, top plants or anything. But yeah, it's all good. So, and I was kind of wondering this as well, you know, about, you know, the Aboriginal people. You know, I've heard you kind of, you know, uh, tell the story of what's going on there and the alcohol and stuff. And I asked, you know, if cannabis could help that. But do you honestly, do you think that if cannabis were on more of a wide scale, uh, acceptance there that it could kind of change uh their way of life i mean the kind of the the teach a man to fish you know i mean you change you change the weapon from alcohol to cannabis and get a fuel from cultivating you know what i mean now they've got you need to grow and then as any as the cannabis journey grows 
they find themselves in the organics department. A few of them start beating the organics drum over there. They'll have full scale gardens and shit before you know it. (laughs) Veggies, cannabis. You know what I mean? Could it teach a man to fish and change the culture over there? Do you think it could actually change the culture? I think so, man. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. It's going to take a long time and it's going to need people to set the standard at the start to teach them the right way at the start, you know, because, yeah, there's just a lot of bull. Like, people will buy anything with a fucking label on it, with a bottle on it, you know, if it writes fucking increases yield by 7%. Yeah, mate, I'll get that fucking bottle of Aussie tonic fucking bud bullshit or whatever the fuck it's called, you know, fucking big buds or fucking yeah just yeah man i don't know like uncle trips tried the hydro everything like i said he says there's not much fucking difference it might be like a five percent yield more that he sees but it's just less resin less taste not by much maybe just by five percent but that's just uncle trip i'm not saying that's everyone but like I said, the PGRs, man, those plant growth regulators are the things. And I don't know why. I don't think they're very popular down there with you guys. But here, man, that's all they're fucking growing. And it's really disgusting. Especially for medical, uh, you know, giving it to sick. They did, They definitely had their run here in the States. That's for sure. In yeah. the early heydays. There is most definitely a lot of uh, growers pushing that shit. Same reason, you know, a little bit of greed there. You know, I actually, first time I had heard from them was from another grower. Same shit. Have you using this product? I'm like, no. He's like, man, you should. You'd be tripling your weight. They don't sell it anymore. I had to stock up on it. And I'm thinking right there. Shouldn't yeah. that have been a, like a red flag for you, Chief? That you know, <laughs> but you're still some here using got no it, selling man. it to these. Yeah, yeah, some, yeah. They got no conscience. But yeah. at some point, I think it's a little bit of greed and a little bit of not knowing. You've kind of said that as well. How people harvest over there, you know, somewhat early. I think that it's them people right there that doesn't know the the final stages of cannabis you know yeah. the senescence the natural swell they've never realized that's the natural hardening hardening process of the bud you know what i mean mm. so i think they've actually early earlier harvest and then using pgrs to get where they should be you know what i mean if they would let it grow you know what i yeah. mean i think it's the the, the not knowing of you mm. know the proper cycle of the plant and yeah perhaps a little bit of greed and the funny thing too is man on the actual uh government medical cannabis menu when you look through all the genetics they literally ripped off subs fucking genetics are on there you know i'm sure they've never paid a dollar to sub crazy trains on there i'm just thinking these motherfuckers they never paid fucking sub you know cookies on there i'm sure you're not paying anything to cookies you know uh uh, Uncle Trip was buying beans from ILGM, you know, the fucking uh, Jilly Bean was on there, you know, they just ripped off fucking Miss Jill's Jilly Bean, uh, fucking what else they have of subs off there, uh, I can't remember, but they took Jilly Bean off the menu, uh, not crazy training, yeah, they had 
whole different fucking shit. Everything's just ripped off. So that's that's another thing, man. I'm I always uh, another thing here in Australia is anyone that's got fucking hydroponic buds, anything that's green or what we call in Canada the kind buds. You know, they just look good, but they don't do fucking anything. Anything you that's green here when you put it next to the brown weed anyone just calls it whatever so everyone here has suddenly got gorilla glue you know what i mean it's not gorilla glue and people always go hey man try this i've got gorilla glue and i can see it from fucking two meters away in a bag i go dude that ain't gorilla glue he goes what do you mean i go i can fucking tell from here man that's not gorilla glue let me smell it that's not fucking gorilla glue you know so what i'm trying to say is anyone just grows fucking whatever the fuck hydro and just because it's fluoro green they just look up a high times magazine they go yep sure this is girl cut scout cookies you know and then everyone's like oh yeah and then when uncle trip says try my gorilla glue oh yeah man i've had gorilla glue it's pretty shit and he always says bitch you've never had the gorilla glue you know you've had what someone calls gorilla glue and then he gives them the Gorilla Glue and they're like, holy fuck, mate, I've never smoked anything like that. And he goes, yeah, that's fucking real Gorilla Glue. What you're smoking is probably like fucking, you know, 1988 fucking White Widow <laughs> or something. So, yeah, that's a big fuckery here in Australia, man, the rename game. As it was, you know, early 2000s, everything was OG Kush, remember? So same thing here. And that was a funny thing, man. No one knows what the fuck you're talking about when you say OG Kush, you know, just more my friends in my circles. I've educated everyone, but no one even knows what OG Kush is. I've heard people saying, what's OG Kush? And I'm like, all right, OG. It's OG, you fuck. OG Kush. <laughs> just you know, douche knuckles, man. It's fucking embarrassing sometimes. It really is. When my friends from California come, I apologize in advance to him. I'm like, dude, this is going to be the worst week you've ever had in your life. But just stick with Uncle Trip. He's got you. <laughs> yeah. And even my friends, man, when they came from California, one year they went to the Mardi Gras thing. And one of them, he was from Humboldt. And he goes, dude, I bought fucking like six ounces from three different, uh, from six different people. He goes, I can't get fucking high on this weed. <laughs> And I said, yeah, man, because I don't even fucking think it was weed. I said, oh, it was weed, man. It's just what weed looks like here. You've just never seen it in that fucking shitty condition. It was weed. Yeah. How long are we going to let the fucking weed nerd world go for, Eagle? I don't want to take up too much time, man. I'm sure I'll be yapping. We'll cash it and then uh, start the weed nerd world. But in, in closing, I do. I, I hope that uh, you do not, well, if you do a part-time pilgrimage to Thailand, but I hope moreover that uh, you do stay where you're at and help keep Sub's legacy alive. You know, pass some seeds. Yeah. Teach, teach yeah. the girl the plant. Overgrow. You know what I mean? It sounds like you're in the perfect place at the right time. You know what I mean? Uh, to do a whole that's lot the other thing, man. Friend. Me and Uncle 
well, not me. Uncle Trip did some breeding of the seeds, you know, and just fucking started getting rid of them down there. Not just, you know, straight ripping subs, genetics off. It was like OG Kushes, time sour diesels and whatnot. Anyway, and he would sell them down there and he was literally selling 22 seeds for $20. That's the fucking, that's what Uncle Trip was doing. 22, and people were coming back the next year and they're like, dude, I grew those fucking seeds out. They're like, holy fuck, man, just pure lemon fucking you know just blown away i didn't even know weed could grow like that and uncle trip's like yeah man that's fucking the potential of weed you know you just need good genetics a good starting point slowly man i think people are going to get educated i mean i fucking first learned from youtube and shit you know i knew who sub was i did buy seeds prematurely like 20 years ago off him but i didn't know what the fuck i was doing it wasn't until i got to california i realized what was available and then i started educating myself you know so yeah i think everything's just a fucking journey man so everything's an opportunity i always say when one door closes another one opens you can sit and bitch about what happened or like i tell my friend they say man i can't believe you're so cool about when you got caught with the fucking cops with the licky stick you know i was i wasn't upset and they said dude i would have been so angry and i said man i just looked at it as an opportunity they caught me so i looked at it as an opportunity okay you want to play that game i'll go get my fucking med card you know so I don't make a fucking negative into a negative. I just try to turn it around into a positive and look at it in a positive way, you know? So, yeah. Everything happens, man. You just, I always believe as long as you've got a good heart, man, and you're doing things for the right reasons, you know? Karma will always, not always, but will steer you in the right path anyway. Of course, you're always going to meet a few douchebags and whatnot, but... You know, I don't know, man. I always, always think like just be fucking the best way to go th- about things is just fucking. Uh, it's gonna sound fucking corny. Just thinking about saying it. it's just fucking try to help people and try not and don't ever expect anything in return. That's the number one rule because then you never have expectations and it it kind of sounds a bit selfish, but. Helping people is kind of like a crack, man. It fucking gets addictive. It's not the ego of fucking helping people. It's just when you they come back to you and they fucking thank you and you can see what it's done to their life, you know. It's, I don't know, man. It's hard to explain. It's, yeah. But that's shit I learned once again from Sub, you know, with the children and the fucking outdoor grows and his charity and just a weed nerd fucking whole community man you know everyone get on the fucking grow tube everything you know of course the whole weed community has got fucking shit fights and bullshit i think it's all fucking dog shit man we all just need a i don't know just you know the tide rises all boats man don't bring anyone down which i'm not saying you but you know just be cool with fucking everyone that's and most of all just don't expect anything back man that's the biggest thing i find like if you're thinking and fucking telling things down like yeah i did this for this guy and fucking he's never done you know that's when you just don't worry about shit just fucking help everyone if they don't help you back man don't worry about it. it's all good just keep doing your thing and don't expect anything back i think that's a that's a way to go about life i found it's given me more happiness you know yeah at the end of the day man 
It just sounds corny when you actually say it out loud. You're like, these people are going to think I'm a fucking douche knuckle. Not at all. Not at all. Like a prepared speech on you or something. You know, like, God bless America. (laughs) I should have started with that. God bless America, Eagle. (laughs) Should have fucking saluted the flag. No, but that is, you know, I mean, that, 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 that's a that is, I mean, if you want to leave a, a good place, that's a good place to you know end this on, you know, because yeah, sappy corny or whatever, you know, if they, if they take this anything away from the Cushmaster story today, I'd like to know that part of the Cushmaster. Yeah, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't cost fucking anything to help anyone, man, and you fucking sleep a whole lot better at night, you know, helping. Doesn't even have to be fucking much, man. Just fucking opening a door for a lady pushing a fucking baby in a wheelchair. I mean, in a pram, you know, if there's a fucking glass door, open the fucking door for her, you know, just a little shit like that. Most people think, oh, man, I'm not going to get up and fucking run five minutes. Just fucking do it, you know, hold the door for an older gentleman. It's a little shit like that. You'll never see him again. Don't ever expect anything back from it, man, but... You know, you probably made someone's day, like what you always say, man. Little fucking things make big changes in people's lives. And I know you've gone through, you know, dark things. And yeah, I'm just talking about just ever general, man. Just, you know, just be fucking cool to everyone. And then slowly, that's even when the most awesome. powerful, brother. When you're in your yeah. darkest moments and you can find it in yourself to still help somebody, and it, you know what I mean? That's what yeah. helps you out. Yeah, <laughs> that's what helps you out of that dark spot. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, just my thought. So yes, well, brother. Been, With that being said, man, let's let's. Oh, obviously, you know the. Part I even about know the what to say. You don't even have to tell me. This, this is. Uh, right. You're. Are you yeah. ready to start recording? I am, my friend. Hold on second. You'll hear it. All right. All right. There we go. <laughs> All right, hi, this is Kushmaster, and I'm on fucking talking shit with Eagle, episode 671. Come check us out. Me and Eagle hanging out. Perfect, my friend. <laughs> Perfect. Now that sounded a little before. bit rehearsed, but it was beautiful. <laughs> it now, was perfect. Now, Eagle, I just <laughs> want to tell you. The Zoom link you lent me will be available to me in the future for the Weed Nerd. And uh, Every time. <laughs> I'm just going over your lines. I'm saving uh, your work, my brother. <laughs> right on, right on. If you ever do lose it, though, just hit me up and I'll be happy to send, send it to you again. And it has been an honor it, to get to know you, my friend. I've enjoyed the, your story, your journey. You know, likewise, uh, and you, you, you've told it well. You know what I mean. You, I enjoy a good story, and I enjoy being able to sit here and just listen. You know what I mean. Yeah. I, I love the natural flow of the story, and you told yours well tonight. So I'm looking forward okay. to hanging out with you. You know that what I'm about ready to say. Empty that bladder, fill that tray, and uh, we'll see you in a in a few minutes in the weed nerd world. If you want to come hang out. That goes for the rest of you guys. Empty that bladder, fill that tray. We'll be right back with the weed nerd world. For the rest of you guys that aren't going to come hang out, this is the end of your journey for tonight. 
Don't forget to do something nice for somebody. Random acts, <laughs> kindness, and do save lives, as we both have said this evening. With that being said, we'll see you guys in a few. Peace.